Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello. Welcome you know, back to the... that's a movie I want to get into, Pride and Ragnarok. That's pretty yeah. good. Okay, wait a minute. Just hold on. <laughs> so this is like uh, Pride and Prejudice set in Asgard? Yes. During Ragnarok. During yeah. Ragnarok. Interesting. And that when Mr. Darcy and um, whatever her name is. Elizabeth. Yeah, her. <laughs> finally get together is, is what causes Ragnarok. Exactly. That's interesting. Interesting. I'm Elaine. Let's write that. I'm Carly. John. Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. If you write that movie, I'll help you fill in your plot holes. Oh, I'm Elaine. I have uh, science fiction <laughs> fantasy. I'm Elaine. I'm Elaine again. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. Today it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Why not? Because it's Carly's birthday. Yes, Carly. Happy birthday. 23 years. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse those numbers and add a check few. Your math. <laughs> I want to check your math there. Aw, he's strong, looking sure. at her through the eyes of love. How sweet. <laughs> so would you say that he's on the wings of love? Yes. On the wings of love. It's a great Such song. A that, that song sticks with you like herpes. <laughs> it's funny because... Wow. Oh, did you say what movie you picked? No. <laughs> <laughs> what movie did you pick? This week. Not a oh. podcast. Carly's birthday pick. Emma. Period. 2020. <laughs> Emma. So I watched this on HBO Max, mm-hmm. and they have the Gwen- the Gwyneth Three Paltrow. different versions of them. Um, I've Emma. never seen that one. I haven't seen, I have seen that, but it's been so long. And then I almost, um, I was like, man, I want to watch this. Then I went to press play, and then I was like, no, I don't want to get confused. <laughs> I will have to watch it. After we record the episode, I didn't have that problem. Well, I had the problem because I went on there and they had the Gwyneth Paltrow in the series, and I was like, "Where is the other one?" <laughs> and I kept digging around and I had to look it up because it didn't show in the in the normal. This ease. is the only Emma other than Clueless, the only one I've ever seen. Other than and Clueless? I know there's a yes, mini series, and I know the Gwyneth Paltrow uh, version. Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Well, HBO Max has all of them on there. It's oh. kind of like how Ten Things I Hate About You is an adaptation of Kim Clueless, a uh, great, great movie. Freddy also, do you like Clueless? No, interesting. Because I always thought that Cher was a terrible person. Huh. <laughs> From what I have heard recently, there are lots of parts of it that don't hold up. This is an Elia. <laughs> it's like a totally but, famous designer. You know, it's a time capsule. I don't know. ColourPop just did a. Was it ColourPop or was no? It was Hip Dot. Just did a Clueless collab, a makeup collection. Mm-hmm. Lots of bright In, colors, I would imagine. Yep. Yeah. In mm-hmm. case you're. Into makeup. Hip-dop. But did you notice in the movie Clueless, Paul Rudd looks, looks the, same, the same he does now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking vampire. That's true. Yeah. We just watched uh, I Love You Man last night. Never seen that. Really? It's, it's on HBO, I think. Is it good? Yeah, Do you like HBO. things that are, oh my God, cringy and awkward? Because there's a lot of cringy and awkward it's in not, that. It wouldn't somewhat. be for you. You're a dude. Elaine. But anyway, I'm, I'm watching this movie going, <laughs> when did this come out? 2009. Like, he looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you watch Endgame, you're just like, this looks like the same dude as Clueless. Time travel. Yeah. And Lou Ferrigno's in I Love You, Man, so that's all you really, really? need to know. Yep. That's all you need to know. Okay. I'll all check right. it out. So, in this movie... Oh, yeah. Emma. Emma! Based... Welcome back to the podcast, Jane Austen. It is based off of the novel Emma. Oh. <laughs> Jane Convenient. Austen also wrote Pride and Prejudice, Persuasion, Northanger Abbey, Sense and, Sensibil- Sense and Sensibility, and, Freddie Krueger- and Mansfield Park. <laughs> Uh, the screenplay was written by Eleanor Catton, who also wrote for the miniseries The Luminaries. See, I now if you write the, the screenplay off of a book, I mean, how much do you really have to do? 
You just have to be a good editor. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I think it's well, you more have to of, figure out what you're going to include and what you're. Yeah, not it's really more of taking stuff out than putting stuff in, huh? And I think you have to include. I guess it's more about set direction and stuff like that, but like you have to restructure the scenes that would work good in a book that wouldn't work good in live action. Is this a novella or is this a novel? This is a novel. Okay, so this is like three, four pages. And actually one of the reviews I read that I didn't pick was talking about how people complain so much it's not as good as the book, but if you tried to make something that was exactly the book... It would be so long and so boring. <laughs> well, it's probably why most and of... And so full of nothing but dialogue. <laughs> that's why they do, probably why they do so many Pride and Prejudice and stuff series, you know, so they can do more of it. Mm -hmm. It works hours. better as a mini series. Everybody loves that, Mr. Darcy. Yeah. But you have to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Um, and, we and are directed by Autumn Wilde, mm -hmm. who also directed a lot of music videos. Yeah. <laughs> a lot Thriller? of people start there. No. Oh. <laughs> I didn't write any down. Oh. I do like the way this movie looks. <laughs> now, how do you know they didn't do Thriller? Well, that was because John Landis. She's not old enough to have done Thriller. I don't, <laughs> I don't think she was born yet. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good video. <laughs> we are starring Anya Taylor-Joy, who is Emma. She's from The Queen's Gambit. And she was in Split and Glass, which And she thought she was too ugly to play Emma. <laughs> it's in the trivia. She says, I know people will think I'm an asshole for saying this, but I don't think I'm attractive. I think I'm funny looking. And she didn't <laughs> think she was pretty enough to play Emma. <laughs> I think she's very pretty. But that's she's one not of a, those things women can't She's not really unpleasant see. to look at. Yeah. And then we have Gemma Whalen. Welcome back to the podcast. She was Gwen's maid in The Wolfman. Whoa. <laughs> I thought she looked familiar. She was also on Game of Thrones. She's Miss Taylor slash Mrs. Weston. Um, then we have Bill Nighy. Welcome back to the podcast. Really? What's he been? Love Actually in Underworld. And I left it blank like I was going to write more, but I didn't. <laughs> Uncle Billy. He's so great in this. He feels it in his fingers. He's great and everything. And now, I just want to say, I have it written down who I think yours and Tony's favorite character is going to be. It's going to be Bill Nighy. <laughs> is that my favorite character? He's barely in this. That's my guess. I wrote it down. Well, I also have a guess about your favorite tertiary object, but I don't think it is now after hearing what little bit of a preview of his review I got. <laughs> is there a videotape? <laughs> no. Mr. Weston is played by Rupert Graves, who is Inspector Lestrade in Sherlock. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mr. Knightley is played by Johnny Flynn, who I know from the show Love Sick, but he also played David Bowie in Stardust. Which apparently was awful because the Bowie family wouldn't let that wouldn't give them the rights to use any of the music. Oh. Why did they even make it? <laughs> I don't know. But he played David Bowie, but it, but John was watching a thing this about movies and that one came up and I said, "Hey, that's Mr. Knightley." And he looked at me like I was crazy. But I said who? <laughs> apparently they didn't the the family wouldn't allow them to use any of the music. So which, they couldn't That's not good. Which Weird. why would you exactly? If yeah. you can't use the music then we're not making this movie. Yeah. Like and we're done. Can you imagine that they did Rocket Man without any Elton John yeah, or the the Freddie Mercury movie, yeah. yeah, or the Ray uh, Ray Charles one, yeah, or, or all of those, yeah. any of them, The Doors. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use any of the music. Well, then there's no then fucking. We're not point. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Then there's no fucking point. Mrs. Bates or Miss Bates was played by Miranda Hart, who I know from called the Midwife, but she is a comedic actress. Is she? I didn't think she was funny in England. <laughs> Elaine told me this was a comedy. I was like, really? 
Yeah, she uh, laughed a couple times. I thought this was hilarious, I and I've watched I it multiple times at this point, off, so. and I laughed. And John's like, I'm like, you didn't think it was funny at all? We'll get to that. Moving on. Mr. Elton is played by Josh O'Connor from The Crown. He plays Prince Charles. Um, Harriet is played by Mia Goff from Goth. Goth from Who's Suspiria and Everest. Hello, Audra. I need to. I saw. Can my you tell her right? that she's on the podcast now with her dings? <laughs> no. What is she saying? I can't tell you. And then uh, welcome back oh, to really? the podcast, Audra. Oliver what did you say? Chris, who plays John Knightley, Mr. Knightley's brother. He was in Doolittle as Sir Gareth. I don't know if you remember Sir that character. Um, and Mr. Frank Churchill, played by Callum Turner. Welcome back to the podcast from Green Room. Yep. Tiger, the member of their band with the colored hair. Green hair, I think it was. Mm. In Green Room. <laughs> All the British dudes kind of look alike. <laughs> no. Can't say that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need this stuff. Green Room was such a long time ago, I don't really... Green Room was a really was long time like, ago. Like, I was looking we at all... pictures from it going, okay, so here's the thing about the band. Band. <laughs> Here's the thing about Green Room. What you think about is Patrick Stewart... And Imogen Poots. And Bella's getting sliced open. And Ant- and Anton, and whatever And that one song is. they played. Belgian. How did it go? Belgian, yeah. Oh, yes. The Nazi punks. Nazi Not punks. punks. Nazi punks. Uh, Fuck oh. you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a tune. <laughs> all right, so we have a $10 million budget. It all went on the close. A worldwide gross somewhere around $26.5 million. This movie did come out right when COVID hit. So... <laughs> So we'll say that that probably affected the bottom line there. Carly and I saw this in the theater. It was the last time we went to the movie theater before yep. they closed. <laughs> this is the last movie you saw in the theater ever? Yes. Was Emma. Uh-huh. And it was wonderful. Such a great time. <laughs> and I hadn't seen Emma in so long that I had forgotten how much I loved it. And I was just in love the whole time. <laughs> Did you see the same Emma? She yeah. felt it in her fingers. In her fingers. <laughs> in my toes. Christmas and then we have an 87% tomato meter, a 72% audience score, a 71% Metacritic, and a wow. 6.7 on IMDb. So the only way you got this in was that it was a birthday pick. Actually, no, it didn't make its money back-ish, maybe. I, mean, I guess I, I don't know what could the break have even... tried to argue that. I don't know how they made it for $10 million. If, if you would have... Not everybody likes it, so it's underappreciated. <laughs> I know, the costuming must have cost yeah. quite a bit. I mean, yeah. ridiculous. Well, if you look what the break-even point is, I bet you it's under. They had etiquette coaches and all the hoopla. Yeah. I mean, dancing coaches. But they do. I mean, you think they do, they do period dramas quite a bit? So yeah. maybe they've gotten into a point where they got a room full of guys just people. thinking shit up, and a room full of guys just back. I mean, the oh, UK does period dramas the way yeah. the United States does the cop dramas. Well, <laughs> cop <laughs> dramas. Or I was going to say superhero movies oh, yeah, and well, shit like that. Like, <laughs> no, we haven't had in a while a good old fashioned cop movie. They don't make them like they used to. I'm talking about like. Beverly Hills Cop and Lethal Weapon and Cobra. A buddy comedy? Or Cobra. Do we have to talk about Cobra again? <sighs> Welcome back to the podcast, Pizza Scissors. We also <laughs> we also watched Harley Davidson the Marvel Man. Yes, he did watch did? that. Yeah. I was going to say, we did or you did? <laughs> I was reading the book. We're sitting there, Lance reading a book, I'm looking for something to watch, and it just like popped up. It was on, I think one was HBO or something. And I was like, oh, Harley Davidson. Yes, I will. <laughs> she, like, it was the opening scene, she goes, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man? Really? It's like, yeah. <laughs> this movie's oh, awesome. Still holds still, up. Still our number one episode. It's still, I can see why. That movie holds up. Watch it again when you get home. You'll be glad you did. 
I just watched it a, a lot. <laughs> and friend, go back and listen to that episode. You'll be glad you did. He's watching it, and they're at the part where they're in the shootout, and they're playing Graveyard. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, those outfits look so heavy and so hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Much like the clothes in this movie. Well, I imagine that it, they were literally heavy and hot. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. clothes back then, they didn't the have a whole wardrobe of shit unless they were really rich. You had your, this is your, your three dress. Inch, three inches of wool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember, there's no such thing as a colonial quickie. <laughs> All right. So I have two reviews. I don't know how to say this. Four. F-O-J-R. Fojr. F-O-J-R. <laughs> Gave it a 1 out of 10. Says, cringed my way through it. The writer's slapstick sense of humor felt like something I'd expect a 10-year-old to come up with. It fell so flat, some scenes were painful to watch. I did not get what they were trying to achieve one bit. Slapstick? It's not slapstick. Interesting. On the other hand, M.E.G. gave it a 10 out of 10. Emma is perfection. <laughs> it's everything I was looking for while maintaining an interesting and somewhat risque take on the Jane Austen novel Emma I'm sorry risque <laughs> what was risque about it well they did show butt oh there was a butt mm-hmm. you got side butt yeah <laughs> and you got Josh or Johnny Flynn's pole butt <laughs> but there was maybe, no check for maybe, maybe they looked away eyes. <laughs> there was definitely a lot of ass <laughs> In the beginning, anyways. Mm. The film also manages to carry out well-written dialogue and the clear character development of Emma. The comedic effect was down to the timing of certain shots and lines and the contradiction of having to stick to a strict form when it comes to this era, almost showing how people in this time were just as human as us. And that was enlightening and hilarious. They're just as human as us. I'm sorry, is there somewhere that people believe that the olden times are different? No, but when we read or watch things that take place during this time, these people don't seem anything like us. And this story made them more like us. More relatable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so the movie. Oh, what do you think going in? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yay, Emma. <laughs> but I already knew you were picking this like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tony? I was like, I don't know what this is, but Carly loves it, so I will give it a shot. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't watched it previous to this. No? I haven't, I haven't actually watched it since we saw it in the theater. Until we, I listen to a lot of podcasts talk about it. The only thing she watches a lot of This is, is the fourth time I've seen it, including the time we saw it in the And theater. I got it for Christmas. I know, I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't watch it at Christmas. She's always watching Call the Midwife or whatever, Dead Baby Show or whatever, and it's I'm just like... It's not a dead baby show. I Babies can't do watch sometimes it. die, but <laughs> nobody talks about it. But babies still die in the United States. No, I know. I just don't want to watch a TV show about all it is is dead babies or vagina ripping, and I'm not a fan of either. So we have one of the we have a terrible birth rate in this country for a um, first world how, how country. Do we get on this it's real bad. No. I didn't, all right. I didn't I do it. One of my favorite shows. Next. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you think, John? Oh, I thought I knew this was coming. <laughs> I heard about this the day they got back from the theater. Oh, I'm so picking this for the podcast. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll wait till then. <laughs> all right. So the movie opens. It says, Emma Woodhouse, handsome, clever, and rich, had lived nearly 21 years in the world with very little to distress or vex her. 
And then we see Emma getting up and taking multiple servants with her to the greenhouse to pick some flowers to give to Mrs. Taylor, her governess slash companion, as this is her wedding day. I love how she walks around and she just touches the one she wants to touch No, not that one. The next. <laughs> I love how when she goes to bring the flowers to her governess, she's so sad and so happy at the same time. I remember thinking, Wow, in this scene, everybody thinks they're Emma, but you're more likely to be the asshole who's got to pick the flower. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I never think that I would have been an Emma. <laughs> I was statistically speaking, no. <laughs> and then I was thinking... If I were lucky, a Harriet. <laughs> well, then I, then I was thinking, you know what? This family wouldn't probably doesn't have money anymore if they were like an actual family because most of those, get, uh, they spend all their money. And when they die, they have the death tax over there. Or they Terrible. had to diversify. By then what they got to do? They got to start selling <laughs> <Yeah>. weed. <laughs> and then we should start watching the gentleman. And then I wanted to watch the gentleman right after that. And that's how my brain works. All right. So she takes the flowers to Miss Taylor, and they do have a moment through the door about how she is so sad that Miss Taylor is leaving, but so happy for her that she has found love. And. Um, then we meet her father, Mr. Woodhouse, who's not a fan of women marrying and leaving home. She would have been better off staying here forever. And she's she like, want... she wouldn't have stayed here forever. <laughs> I mean, you gotta wonder about this guy. Was he traumatized by the death of his wife? Because he doesn't think anybody should ever get married. He doesn't want anyone to leave him ever. <laughs> He's so depressed. He's still depressed that Isabella left, and she's been married for over seven years. <laughs> but... Uh... Then they go to the church. Emma congratulates herself on the way because she made the match. And her father's like, you should stop making predictions and matches because everything you say comes to pass. <laughs> and he doesn't want people to get married and leave. <laughs> and she promises she will not make any predictions for herself. But she has to do this service for others because she's so good at it. <laughs> at the church, we meet Miss Bates, who is a very chatty friend of the family who has just been trembling with joy on this wonderful day. Trembling with joy. I've never been that happy about something that I started to tremble. How about you? Actually, yes. <laughs> Actually, yes, recently. Tony? Yeah. So it's just me, I'm the asshole. Okay, you didn't see how shocked and, like, when I got my brown belt and I'm up there, and I was, like, I was so excited and shocked and happy and freaked out all at the same time. No. I was when trembling. I put this on. <laughs> ah. See, there you go. That's why we don't get engagement rings. <laughs> and then when I went to work the next day and I showed them, I was all, my hands all shaking. <laughs> anyway, listener, Tony and I got engaged <laughs> since Yay. the last episode. <laughs> I like how she said listener, singular, <laughs> as if there's just one. Well, listener that doesn't know, because Ben already knows. <laughs> And Will. That's and Audra. This is how DJ's going to find out in six months. No one <laughs> no. tell him. No one tell him. <laughs> well, he's friends with us on oh, yeah, Anybody who's friends with her on Facebook yeah, yeah. has seen it. Damn, that would have been funny. That, that would have been funny. <laughs> that post got a lot of likes and comments. It showed up in everybody's That would have been awesome. <laughs> like, you got engaged? Fun. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Where the hell have you been? <laughs> well, I'm pretty far oh. back in the podcast. <laughs> I'm catching up. I'm yes, Elaine was actually... We're caught up. We're pretty much We're like halfway through the last one. I'm still behind, but I'm I'm am catching up. Nice. I have like five minutes left on the last one. I'm the current episode. 
All right, so Emma seems a little distracted. She's looking around. Her father's like, what's going on? And she's like, well, uh, Mr. Weston's son, Mr. Frank Ch Churchill, should come. It's his father's wedding day. And he's like, we'll see. <laughs> and he does not come. Mm, Which, me. Weston had to have inherited late in life, right? Because... She's not poor. Whatever no. he is, he has a nice house and he hosts parties. <laughs> they nobody knows who Frank, what Frank Church, you know, like the big mystery about Frank, Mr. Frank Churchill. Mm -hmm. Like, what does he look like? What is he like? Who we all want to meet him? But if Mr. Weston grew up there, then Frank would have grown up there, at least as a child. I got the impression so that maybe. <sighs> Maybe Mr. Weston is a second son, and he I had enough I, money that he could go and buy a house. I don't know if he stuff. bought a house or if he inherited late in life or something. Yeah. Because his and, brother is the heir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although maybe it's not his brother. Maybe it's his sister. Yeah, I who mean. married this Mr. Churchill because well, they would have the same last name. Well, Frank mm -hmm. is Churchill's yeah. heir, not his. Yeah, he had to change his name to become the heir. So, yeah, so, I don't know what. Maybe Mr. it was his is. wife. Maybe it was through his late wife. Maybe. Hello. Maybe his late wife, because this is his second wife, so maybe his first wife died, and or maybe she was the sister of Churchill, or stop it, maybe. whatever. But I'm anyway, good. Mr. Frank Churchill does not come to the wedding. The wedding is officiated by Mr. Elton, who is a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> extra douchey. Hello. Well, for the first half or so, he's just extra. Yeah, and silly. And then he's douchey. <laughs> um, later, Mr. Knightley and their, or their neighbor, arrives um, home to his giant house, gets changed, and walks over to visit the Woodhouses. And I was waiting for zombies the whole time. And inquire about the wedding, specifically if Mr. Frank Churchill was all that she was expecting. But he didn't come. <laughs> you gotta get the. You kind of get the feeling that maybe. Mr. Knightley has been hearing about Mr. Frank Churchill for way too long. And he's like, if this dude ever comes, maybe we can stop talking about it. It seems like all he hears is crap about him from other gentlemen. Like, he's so wonderful and so great. Well, we've never fucking met him, so shut up. Surely if he wanted to come to his father's wedding, he would have. Yes. Regardless of how much his aunt needed him. Surely you must be joking. And they do. He does I'm argue joking. with Emma about why, about his feelings about him not coming to the wedding. It's like, his duty was to his father. And if he wanted to do it, he would have been there. <laughs> And then it's autumn. Uh, well, it's autumn the whole already because they said that the marriage was in October. So it's autumn already, but the sign comes up, autumn. Okay. Um, Emma tells her father about a new student at Miss Goddard's boarding and school house named Miss Harriet Smith. No one knows her parentage, not even her. <laughs> and she has decided that she's going to make this girl her friend <laughs> because she could be anybody's daughter. So she could be of someone of importance. It's a mystery. So she's playing the odds. <laughs> and she's bored. <laughs> and she's bored and she's lonely. Her, her companion it. has left. So Mr. Woodhouse is distracted by a trill, uh, a chill and sickly draft a that trill. he felt. <laughs> Mr. Woodhouse is a hypochondriac <laughs> of the most hilarious order. The servants cannot figure out where the draft came from. Miss Taylor would have found it. <laughs> I love. The footman 
the whole time are so great. <laughs> they constantly are like rolling their eyes at him and looking at each other like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Our so job could be a lot worse, though. <laughs> they're so funny. We just carry around screens, but they're nice to us. <laughs> you could have been the king's wiper. And they're inter- they're entertaining. You yeah. <laughs> Um, so since Emma is sure that Miss Harriet Smith must be a gentleman's daughter, she invites her to tea and talks to her about how she must act and associate with others in a way that ensures everyone knows that she is of the gentry. So you're going to make sure that you comport yourself in the appropriate way. And you're not going to associate with them. And you're just like includes and you're not going to associate with them because you're one of us. Oh, one of us. So, uh, one of those plebeians. <laughs> then they go and visit Mrs. Weston, and Mr. Elton is there. When they leave, she tells Harry about how much she approves of Mr. Elton. But Harriet seems to be stuck on a Mr. Robert Martin, who is a tenant farmer. <laughs> what a Mr. Knightley's kind of farmer. And uh, Emma is not interested in giving the time of day to <laughs> Mr. Martin. He's neither poor enough for her charity, nor rich enough for her attention. <laughs> Which He's is right where we all sit. In the middle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is right where we all sit. Yep. So they see him all out one day after running into Miss Bates at the haberdashery and hearing a story about how Miss Jane Fairfax almost died. <laughs> and as they're walking, Emma goes into it about Miss Jane Fairfax. How everybody assumes that they should be the best of friends, but she doesn't like Jane at all. <laughs> she, If she never hears about Jane again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> The same way Mr. Knightley feels about Mr. Frank Churchill. Probably. <laughs> Harriet stops and speaks to Mr. Martin, but Emma does not. And afterward, she's like, um, I, Harriet's like, what do you think of him? And she's like, I mean, my expectations were low, but <laughs> I thought he would be one or two degrees closer to gentility. I have to just say, he's a lot better looking than Mr. Elton. <laughs> just put it out there. Oh. So then, in a parlor, the ladies sit together while Mr. Woodhouse is seen by his doctor, which he does every day, because he's a hypochondriac. And uh, Harriet's like, I hope your father's in good health. And she's like, oh, no, this is normal. <laughs> Comes every day. He's fine. I, I mean, quite frankly, if he didn't invent illnesses for me, I wouldn't even figure into his letters, because that's all he wants to talk about. And, uh, and Harriet's like, and this is sure, supposed to be funny. the picture of health. <laughs> And uh, Miss Mar- Mrs. Martin thinks you're the most beautiful woman in all of Highbury. And Mr. Mr. Knightley's sitting there like, <sighs> And Emma's like, you mustn't compliment me in front of Mr. Knightley because he thinks I'm too vain already. And he's like, you're not personally vain because while you are handsome, you don't bother yourself with it. Your vanity lies otherwhere. In- your vanity lies elsewhere. See, that's one of those words that doesn't, you know, has changed. Like, you don't call a woman handsome. Not like, there's nothing wrong with saying you're a handsome woman, but there's mm-hmm. not a way you describe a woman anymore. If you want to say that I'm a handsome woman. Well, you say pretty. Women are pretty, men are handsome. Well, why is that? You could say I'm handsome. I don't want to. But you could. I don't want to. You don't think I'm handsome? I think you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Pretty it seems like a young thing to me. Like, girls are pretty, women are beautiful. <laughs> but, but you wouldn't describe them as handsome. I feel like if somebody no. said, she, oh, she's a really handsome woman, I wouldn't, I would picture someone who's not necessarily traditionally pretty. Yeah. Like Tilda Swinson? No. 
Well, maybe. <laughs> but maybe more like... That's the first one that came to mind. She is not traditionally beautiful, but she's a handsome young lady. Or maybe somebody more like... Younger. I think of somebody more like Gina Carano. Ooh, who's and that's a handsome lady. More masculine... <laughs> But because it's still we, very pretty. Because we connotate handsome with Actually, yeah. she, she is very traditionally pretty. Uh, go back and watch Haywire again when she wears the dress and, and kills um, Magneto. Yes, she's very... <laughs> she, was, she looked uh, amazing while doing so. Her physical physique leads her to look in a more masculine direction, but she's still traditionally beautiful in a way that you can recognize, whereas that's what I think of when I think of handsome or someone who has unique fi- features that may be taken up. If you looked at like just their eyes, you'd be like, ooh. But when you see them <laughs> in the context of their whole face, it just seems to work She's together. She's got the crazy eyes. <laughs> but, you know. She's got the like, crazy eyes. Like, that's what I think of when I think of handsome. Mm-hmm. I can see that. That's, there's or nothing, like, and this wouldn't be you, you were offended if someone described you as handsome. It's just out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, like, it's like, like describing statuette. someone's. Like yeah. describing someone's member as a tallywhacker. It's not wrong, it's just out of the ordinary. Which, by the way, use the word tallywhacker in a sentence. Mm-hmm. Are you asking us, or are you saying you got to? I think you should. Oh. Every day, use the word tallywhacker. I just don't talk about tallywhackers that often. <laughs> you know what? You, you just got to word the old tallywhacker into the conversation. This is going to be oh. a really weird episode. Yes, it is. All right, so... Like, wait a minute. How do we get from handsome to tallywhackers? Then... <laughs> Your brain, that's how. <laughs> and if you can, that sure is a handsome tallywhacker. Then Emma whispers <laughs> a to Harriet no. that Mr. Elton said she was loveliness itself. Whoa. Because Emma is shipping them. <laughs> yes, she Wants them to have what's called a shared yeah. moment. And then one day Mr. Elton comes over and they're looking at some of Emma's drawings. Which are not, not great. <laughs> now, I say this as a person who's not a very good artist. Oh, I but I was like, I don't see why people are gushing over these drawings. They're not good. They're not. They're not. Good. They're not. I mean, I mean, is this is this well, supposed okay. to be funny? Because this okay. is funny. I would say they're recognizable, like the one that's of yeah. her father is clearly her father. Mm-hmm. Yes, but they're not anything. Here's and they're like, the oh thing. my god, we should hang this in the fucking Louvre. No, <laughs> the thing is that Emma is. Delusional. Pretty much the only woman of this rank in this age group who is unmarried in this whole town. Yeah. So she is the accomplished young woman that they know. But she ain't accomplished well, shit. Well, that's true. That's one of the she's reasons very... why this is funny. This isn't funny. <laughs> because she's mediocre. No, she's there's very, mediocre, then there's her underneath that. She's pretty, but in the realm of accomplished young ladies, she's right in the middle. She's not the worst. She's not the best. She's very middle of the At road. all of them. At and playing, at singing, and at that's drawing. Why she <laughs> but they keep telling her she's the bee's knees. Because she's pretty and young and, and they want to get married to her. <laughs> she's like an Instagram model. That's one of the oh. things, like, Knightley doesn't do that because like he actually cares about her. nuts and she's just not. Mm-hmm. But and that's why she hates Jane Feather because Jane, sorry, Jane Feather. <laughs> I was thinking of the feather in her hair. The dog's <laughs> that's why she hates Jane Fairfax so much because Jane Fairfax is actually more accomplished, mm-hmm. is better than her at everything. Yes, well, except maybe not for having, having money, <laughs> except for having that weird curly blonde hair that you just want to pull on. <laughs> And watch go, she doesn't have servants to do her hair, or she yeah. might. <laughs> Work went into those curls. I know. Yeah. And, and you know who didn't do it? Emma. Yeah. You know who did it? 
I don't know where surface thing we do. That's hair. because you can't do that kind of hair by yourself. It takes forever, mm-hmm. especially without a curling knife. <laughs> but look, that ca- that keeps some lady employed. Yeah. Her hairdresser that is putting food on that woman's table. And I'm sure. Oh, hey, what was that character's name? No one knows because the poor woman did all spent all of her time doing hair. <laughs> it's probably in the book what her yeah. lady's maid's name is. You don't know it. No, I haven't read this book in a while. Oh. It is not my favorite. Pride and Prejudice? Persuasion is, is my favorite. Your favorite Jane Austen is Persuasion? Mm-hmm. And Pride and Prejudice is my second favorite. Persuasion. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> Let me guess. Let me guess. It's a romance novel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where the two main characters don't get along right away. Well. And then somehow end up together at the end of the movie. Or book, a, rather. Sorry. It's a second chance romance. Oh, but they do end up again. It's probably because yeah. it's a romance. Yeah. We've covered that. No, no. If you go back, friends, listen to our so, our Pride and Prejudice and Zombies episode. Elaine explained this to me that if, if it wasn't, they didn't get together, it wouldn't be a romance. It would be a tragedy. That's or, true. Romance. Or a relief. In order to be a romance, it has to have a happily ever after. That is she wasn't listening. the main qualifier. I just, I just gave her credit for I did, that. and I said, that's true. In order to be a romance, you have to have a happy. I, you didn't have to explain it once. Biddy. What? Uh, the cast is listed in order of appearance. Oh. And um, so I'm going to say that her main maid is played by Letty Thomas and has the name of Biddy. B I D D Y. Biddy. Okay, I have so my favorite character. They decide that so Emma must take Harriet's likeness because no one ever has. And Emma is so good. And I'm sitting here thinking, this is going to be fucking awful. She must do it right now. <laughs> I thought one of two things is going to happen. Either somebody else is going to draw something and say that she did it, or it was just going to be a fucking terrible drawing. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It's better than I would do. No, it's, it's not bad. I have no training. Yeah, I'm a terrible uh, <laughs> artist myself. And I think I would of, of her drawings, the one she does of her is the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could draw, but could you have done better than that? I got to say, no. that painting is quite a butterface. I've, <laughs> I've seen you sketch better shit than that yeah, just yeah. sitting here. That's true, man. Well, So she takes Harriet's likeness. Mr. Elton As a matter of fact, he goes, the frame is better. Than Draw Harriet. <laughs> he loves it. amazing. Mr. Knightley thinks she made Harriet too tall. And, and I was like, <laughs> Because what? he doesn't fawn over Emma. <laughs> yeah. She's too tall. He's like, like, how do you have a so nonchalantly. You made her too tall. <laughs> Mr. Woodhouse is like, well, it is very pretty, and you should have it framed when it's complete. He doesn't say we're going to hang it in the drawing room, but you should have it framed. We'll put it in some room in this giant and house. They think, <laughs> of paintings. And this is the perfect frame for it because the frame covers it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Mr. Elton says, please trust me with having it framed. Whenever you're ready, I will run or I will ride straight to London and have it done. Anybody else want to kick this fucker down the stairs? <laughs> like, this guy was just annoying. He wasn't funny. He wasn't anything. He needs to be kicked down the fucking stairs. To Harriet, Emma says, this is proof. He has feelings for you. And uh, I'd say that. Excuse me. Then we cut to Mr. Knightley talking to Mrs. Weston about Emma and Harriet's friendship. He's like, look, I don't think this is a good friendship. Harriet knows nothing about herself or about the world, and she thinks Emma knows everything, and Emma does not. <laughs> and she's like, well, maybe through educating Harriet, she'll educate herself some more. And he's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Emma's been meeting to read more since she was 12, and she's had plenty of time. If she wanted to do it, she would have done it. And she's like, well, there is value in companionship. You might not know that, 
because you've lived alone for a very long time. <laughs> but Emma needs a companion. And hopefully they'll learn together. And Mr. Knightley's like, I want I think Emma what Emma needs is some worldly experience like falling in love and not being sure of a return of her feelings. That would be good. Well, maybe for she her. should leave the Shire. Well, she can't because her father. <laughs> yeah. Her right. duty is to her father, who's um, never gonna leave. <laughs> you gotta wonder, she probably didn't even get a season. Probably not. She probably didn't even get like a come out or anything like that, because I can't imagine him going to London ever. <laughs> the 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 air? No. no. <laughs> it's too dirty. He yeah. Not. The air is actually really good for you. And when you think about the sister Isabella, country air, not the London air. <laughs> the the well, sister married Knightley's brother, like <laughs> mm-hmm. who lives next door, <laughs> like. Yeah, that's true. Her sister probably never got a season either. I, we no. don't know when their mom died. It's probably in the book, but yeah. not in the movie. So yeah, and he's still upset. They moved to the, the coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Mr. Knightley does some work with Mr. Martin, who thanks him and asks him for advice because he wants to ask Harriet to marry him. And Harriet, he does. He writes her a letter. And Harriet runs to Emma with the letter. And he's like, she's like, Mr. Martin has asked me to marry him. And Emma's like, and I need your help with my response. And she's like, well, the words must be your But she's kind of like cold shoulder in her. (laughs) She's being an asshole because she's jealous. No. No. Yes. No. Yes. She's, she's not jealous. jealous. She she's doesn't jealous. want Mr. Martin. No, or she's marriage. jealous because someone wants to marry her friend and no one wants to marry no. her. No. She's not jealous that somebody wants to marry her friend. She doesn't want her friend to get married and leave her alone. Mm-hmm. She sabotages Harriet's happiness because she doesn't want to be alone again and lose another companion. And she's a because selfish prick. That's because true. if Harriet marries a farmer, then they can't hang out anymore because they're in completely different social circles social circles and Emma is too stuck up and Harriet will be busy being married to, to a, a farmer, farmer. <laughs> so she doesn't a lot care of work involved. She gonna that have somebody to wants to marry Harriet she cares that Harriet's going to leave right. her you're right she's going to be too busy to do that she she's, she's not working a farm if Mr. Elton had wanted to marry her because then they still could have hung out all the time because yes. she wouldn't have been that busy but marrying a farmer not only does that put you too far below me but it also means you're going to be busy as fuck. <laughs> she's going to be cranking out babies or tending to something. And Mr. Martin is well thought. He is a good tenant, t- tenant farmer. He's well thought of by Mr. Knightley. And like, <laughs> it's not like he's a bad person, Perfect. which Emma even says at one point, well, I under, you know, Knightley thinks very highly of him. She even says that. So <laughs> she doesn't think he's like not worthy of Harriet. She just doesn't want Harriet to leave her, <laughs> especially because she misses having her, you know, Miss Taylor, Miss Taylor. <laughs> Selfish. So, uh, so she, Harriet refuses Mr. Martin. Yeah. Which, Emma never really comes right out and says it, but she's like, she hints it until Harriet does what she wants. And Mr. Knightley confronts Emma about it. He's like, this was your doing. <laughs> you. And this was not nice of you. And, uh, and he's like, Mr. Robert Martin is superior to Harriet in sense and situation. And uh, she is only known as a parlor boarder at a common school. She's pretty and good-natured, but that is all. 
And Emma's like, that's all a woman needs. <laughs> what? <laughs> Until men fall in love with minds over pretty faces, then she will be sought over wherever she goes. And she has a generous allowance, so she's not poor. <laughs> yeah, Emma is basing the... Th- she thinks that she's some gent- some gentleman's bastard based on how much money she's being given mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be her allowance that she's being given. Mm. And Mr. Knightley's like... It doesn't matter. Whenever the mystery of her birth comes, there might be scandal associated with it. And no one higher is going to want the possibility of this scandal. <laughs> so no one from the gentry is going to look at her. Mr. Martin is as good as she's ever going to get, and she's lucky to get him. And, uh, and she... That's just fucking sad. Maybe she should leave the country. <laughs> he tells her that... Uh, if she marries Robert Martin, she will be safe and respectable forever. And uh, and he's like, further, if you're trying to get her to hook up with Mr. Elton, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Based on things he said when there were only men around, he is not going to go. And she doesn't believe her. him at all. <laughs> she can only see the face that Mr. Elton shows as yeah. his public face. And she, it, she can't even... She seems like this is ludicrous that maybe he would be a different person behind closed doors. But you would think Knightley would know. Yeah, Knightley would know. How could he? Yeah, dudes are never different when they're alone. (laughs) She says, anyways, I really just want to keep Harriet for myself. And he's like, I can't even any (laughs) leaves. Well, she did ask if Mr. Martin was upset. And he said yes. He could not have been more so. <laughs> and you can see she feels a little bad, but not bad enough to do anything about it. <laughs> she has that momentary twinge of conscience, and then she stuffs it deep, deep down. <laughs> right. And then there is a she reveal of the framed picture of Harriet, <laughs> Mr. Ellen Ridiculous! <laughs> 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 and the deleted scenes and goofs. There's at least three times where they tried to do this scene and they couldn't because they were all laughing. Too when hard. we saw this in the, the theater, footman. I died. <laughs> the footman all red faced, like he claps and they just can't. <laughs> when he throws the sheet at the maid. <laughs> Oh, God, now I want to watch the outtakes for this. Oh, man. I, I watched it on the Blu-ray, and it immediately went into deleted scenes and outtakes as soon as it was over. Oh, my God. You're going to have to lend it to me because we <laughs> love outtakes. We do love a good outtake. That would be interesting to see. Because I bet it was fun to film this. Mm-hmm. So he, this character here, giant ass. He got a music box frame <laughs> that is closed. So As it should be. Picture, <laughs> and it opens with double doors. When you open the two little double doors, music plays. <laughs> and the picture is revealed. <laughs> but when he takes the sheet off, they're all excited. And then they're like, huh? Because <laughs> the only way to present that picture is How much is did covered. this cost? <laughs> She's like, well, you spared no expense. And it's so ridiculous that... Oh, my God. And this is clearly proof that he loves Harriet because who would do this <laughs> if you did not love this girl? Of course. I, I wonder how hard it is to make a music box picture display. Back Please then. make one for me. <laughs> well, and then we can get like a glossy 8x10 of someone really ridiculous like <laughs> Deadpool. No. Oh, no, no, no. In America. Nope, even better. Conan. Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> with the picture like this, with the snakes facing each other. Yep. Oh, and then man. people will be like, what is that? We'll be like, open, open it. it. <laughs> you open it, and it, it plays the music box version of the bum bum. 
<laughs> See, now that's going to be hard to do. Now you can put yeah. a music box that, that plays that. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I love it. All right. It's so, so it's winter. Hold on. That's what I want for my birthday. Sorry, look at that. <laughs> Start looking at the Conan the Barbarian music box. Yeah, you box. know. <laughs> it's on Etsy. You know what? This is that's the gift for the twentieth, twenty first wedding anniversary. You know how <laughs> it stops at twenty and doesn't pick up again at twenty five because nobody wants to admit that mas- that magical picture or musical picture frame is twenty one. There is oh, no man. cone in the Barbarian Music Box. Oh. Surprise. You probably could have one commissioned. I'm sure you I could. I don't know how much it would cost, though. Yeah. <laughs> Emma's sister Isabella and her husband, Mr. Thanks Mr. for that, Tony. Brother, Sorry. Come to visit with all their children. <laughs> Emma's sister is much like her father, <laughs> constantly worried about Patrick and in need of the doctor. <laughs> I love when they get there and John Knightley gets out of the carriage and goes, that was unbearable. <laughs> and she's like, comport yourself. <laughs> this poor guy did not know what he was getting into. No, he didn't. He should have, though. You would think. They're locked next door to each other. <laughs> Maybe she was different after she became a mother. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she was just. Maybe he thought it was cute when it was just her, that being a little bit of a hypochondriac. But then they had kids, and it just skyrocketed yeah. into like <laughs> crazy town. So uh, Emma's holding one the baby, who is her namesake. This is young Emma. And uh, Mr. Knightley comes over and he's like, we should be friends again. And, uh, and they start to talk a little bit. Um, she thinks that they were both, they both had good intentions in the whole Harry and Mr. Martin thing. So neither of them were wrong. But he's like, she refuses to admit <laughs> that she was wrong. And, uh, but they decide that they're going to put it behind <sighs> them and move forward. And the baby makes a noise and starts crying, and everybody freaks out. <laughs> the baby sounds like it shit its pain. Yeah. <laughs> this was a loud, wet fart. Yeah. <laughs> and it cries, and Isabel's like, what was that? What was that? Give me the baby. Where's the nurse? Get the doctor. <laughs> and her husband's like, don't call the doctor. And the footman's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? <laughs> call the doctor. Uh, and I'm then, surprised the doctor doesn't live there. I'm saying, you'd think that he would have his own private doctor who lived there. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, he'd hang himself, probably. <laughs> so, um, then Emma and Mr. Knightley just laugh together about it, because everybody has left them in, alone in the room in their distress, and they both think it's ridiculous. So, uh, and endearing, because they love these people. They just are like, yeah, this is silly. Um, so... Um, this is when I, in my notes, I wrote if she she asked whether he was Mr. Martin was terribly oh, yeah. disappointed. Um, and then Emma goes to Miss Mrs. Goddard's to see Harriet, who is sick. She will have to miss the party at Mr. and Mrs. Weston's, and uh, Mr. Elton and Mr. Frank Churchill are both supposed to be there. And it's gonna be it's gonna suck that Harriet can't go. It's <laughs> Christmas, and she's always sick on Christmas. It's her thing. And Harriet is upset because she's going to miss Mr. Elton's Christmas sermon. And she has been transcribing his sermons in a little book. And Emma says, I'll do it for you. And she takes the little book. That's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) At the party, Mr. Frank Churchill has said his regrets. He will not be joining them. I got to tell you, it's weird that... You should turn around and face it. Sorry. I had to get some lip gloss. My lips were dry. Um... (laughs) It's weird that he just hands her the letter 
Like, this is a letter from my son. Yeah. There might be stuff in here I don't want this. Evidently, there just isn't, though. No, it's but just, just like, sorry, I can't come. It's just like, here, Frank has sent a letter and just gives it to her. I'm like, what? They do that all the time in this movie, though. I know. Apparently, oh. there's nothing private in these letters. They didn't have electronic letters. They're cold emails. <laughs> no. So, Mr. Knightley, again, shares his feelings with Emma on the matter. And she says they are both prejudiced. Him against Mr. Churchill and her for. And she's like... See, she's prejudiced on top of everything else. He says, I am not prejudiced. I judge him by his behavior and the facts. And the facts are that he never comes and he always just writes letters that with his regrets. If he were worthy, he would have come by now. <laughs> I do like how she's like, I'm not prejudging, I'm judging. And she's like, so good well, for you, Emma. I will always think favorably of him based on my love for his, Mr. and Mrs. Weston. And I look forward to meeting him. And we're never going to agree until we actually meet him. <laughs> so at the dinner, Mr. Elton makes the mistake of mentioning that it will likely snow tonight. <laughs> oh, shit. And then the party is over. <laughs> you thought it was a zombie outbreak. <laughs> I mean, the way that he just are like, oh, my God. Oh, you say snow tonight? And, and the Westons are like, we got plenty of room. You don't have to go. You oh, can no. stay the oh, night. No. But no, they have to go. Um, so they all leave. Emma stops to apologize to the Westons. I mean, Mrs. Weston knows. She lived with them for years. I know. <laughs> She knew as soon as this was happening. She she saw that it might be snow, and she's like, oh, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> um, but then Emma goes outside, and she has been left behind. Because yep. everybody was in such a rush to get out of there. Like home alone. <laughs> Which you ah. think that they would... You think that they would keep track of their of the yes. virgin, <laughs> unattached girl who cannot be left without a chaperone. Yes, there might be vampires about. I know! Oh. So, Mr. Elton offers her a ride. And uh, during this ride, he (laughs) falls into her lap. Yeah, he does. And then professes his intentions to marry her. Yeah, he does. And and she's like, "Um, you're confusing me with my friend, Harriet. And he's like, who the fuck notices Harriet (laughs) when you're there? Every attention I've ever paid to her has been as your friend. I wouldn't notice she was dead or alive if she wasn't next to you. <laughs> Which is a really mean thing to say. Like, I think he was trying to be, like, flattering to her, and that's a really fucked up thing to say to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, your friend's dog trash. And she, dog And trash. she's like, um, but, but Harriet. <laughs> and he's like, well, Harriet's fine and everything, but we all have our level. And, uh... And she's like, I, I know she's thinking, you think you're on mine? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Is this part supposed to be funny? No. no. Oh, okay. Let me know the funny part. <laughs> and he, she's silent, and he's like, let me interpret this interesting silence. And, uh, and, and they get into an argument about it. She's like, I have never encouraged you. And uh, I have no intention of marrying at present. And he throws a little tantrum. And gets out of the carriage. Yeah, she's like, stop the carriage. And she's like, don't be ridiculous. It's, it's snowing. snowing. <laughs> and it's your carriage. And he's like, I will not sit in this carriage one second longer after I've made a giant fool of myself. It's still his carriage. <laughs> but if he, the rector of this community, made her get out and walk home in the snow, they, he might lose his job. <laughs> they didn't clueless. This is where we get the, this is an Aliyah. Yes. 
Yes, but, but that, that's a different time times. period. <laughs> and then she gets mugged, which I was sure was not going to happen. <laughs> uh, so, uh... Did people get mugged back then? Oh, Emma no. goes... Yeah, probably. Yeah. Harry like, got mugged. Like Robin Hood would mug people. Mm-hmm. And there were highwaymen. Yeah. Robin Hood. <laughs> no, but at this time period, there were highwaymen. No, you should watch The Highwaymen. And I'm sure... With Kevin Costner? more than it's one reason good. you can't walk around London by yourself, and pickpockets were a thing. <laughs> I think um, like wind up in a meat pie. So, Emma goes and tells Harriet the news about Mr. Elton. She feels bad. But Harriet's like, I didn't deserve him anyway, and only a good friend like you would have thought so. And she wants to burn the frame. (laughs) 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 And Emma's like, well, at least keep the picture. You could burn the frame. (laughs) But at least keep the picture. Wait, why burn the frame? You could probably sell that. That does not look cheap. Actually, you know what? I will take it and I will treasure it as a picture of my dearest friend. And, uh, And then Emma's sister and her family leave. And Mr. Woodhouse is sad. He tells Emma she must never leave him. And she says, I never could. <laughs> and now it's spring. Emma it tells a still downtrodden Harriet that she doesn't want to talk about Mr. Elton anymore. No. Nope. Ever. He's Ever. been he left after she refused him. And uh, he hasn't come back and she doesn't care. He can never come back. <laughs> he was a jerk and she <laughs> she's tired of hearing Dead about it. And he Harriet's like, you know what? You're right. And she throws the book where she transcribed his sermons out the window. Which is the only place a book of transcribed sermons <laughs> deserves to go. Into the lake. I mean, look, I'm not... Some, it's okay to transcribe sermons. It's okay to re-listen to sermons. But you only did it because you thought the boy might like you. You don't need to keep carrying that around. Fuck <laughs> that. F that noise. We don't need that in our lives. So Miss Bates sees them stopped and knocks on the carriage window and invites them to tea because Jane Fairfax is home. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Apparently she's been ill and they thought she would be better off at home. She is the Ms. niece of Miss Bates. Bates. Yeah. And she is also poor gentry and she's been living with friends and... Uh, so she lives with people who are wealthy and they take care of her. And that's how she's so accomplished and she's had access to masters and all that stuff. But, uh, but, but she herself is poor. Yeah, she gets <laughs> kind of shipped around. Um, so Emma does not care for Jane, but she goes. And during tea, she invites them all to Hartfield. And then they come. And at the dinner, Emma learns that uh, Jane has met Mr. Frank Churchill, <laughs> who was in Weymouth or Weymouth, in October, which was when his father got married. married. Yep. He was not in Yorkshire, on the other end of the country, <laughs> where everybody thought he was, tending to his aunt. He was at the beach. <laughs> and uh, they had, um, anyway, Jane isn't giving any details. She's like, I mean, we've met. He's everything that a young man ought to be, basically. She's not saying anything else. And uh, later, Emma plays and sings and everybody applauds and thinks she's great it's and fine like oh my god she's the best singer ever i'm like <laughs> it's fine it's what they're used to because she's the only one that does this <laughs> and all the singing and playing on the soundtrack was done by the actors in the movie like, well they do that they, she's they say better that, than i am <laughs> well, they said that like it was a big thing but a lot of movies do that well this actress that plays jane is a is a good piano player. 
because she gets up and when Emma sits down and Harriet's like, you play and sing so beautifully. And like then Jane the, starts and like they're you're the all best like, ever. holy fuck. <laughs> I, left, I left at this. You're the best thing since sliced bread. And the then, best part is Knightley's fucking face. <laughs> when Emma goes, and Knightley looks at her and he's just like, take that bitch. <laughs> Oh, good. And he sits down by Emma and he's like, it was nice of you to invite her to play because it must be rough for her to not have access to a piano while she's here. And uh, he's like, you make it plain that you don't care for Jane. And she's like, everybody my whole life has said that I would never find a better companion than Jane, who's so accomplished and so superior. And he's like, well, she is. <laughs> he said she Why? is accomplished, but he did not agree that Jane was superior. Yes. Why could Jane hang out with Emma? Even though she's low class. She's, she's gentry. Not, she's not low class. She's just poor. So she's still of the gentry. She's still of the aristocracy. Their family just is no longer wealthy. Okay. They've fallen from they where they used up. to be. Yeah, really. <laughs> and which, which means basically they marriage to someone long. rich right. is how you get out of that. We, we don't really know what happens. Um, we don't know. Maybe they're Miss Bates... Maybe her husband lost their estates and died, or maybe that's what happened to her father. Like maybe she never married and she was a spinster, and her brother's wife didn't want to take care, care of her, her anymore. Which is what happened to Jane Austen. She never married, and she lived at the convenience of her brother, who had inherited and, and his wife. Miss yeah. Bates has. <laughs> you have to. You have to assume that she has enough or money. Her uncle, somebody that she doesn't have to work. But not enough money to live that lifestyle anymore. To be what they call hoity-toity. Because, like, her governess, Miss Taylor, who becomes Mrs. Weston, also has to be of the poor gentry. Mm-hmm. Or Mr. Weston would not have married her. Yeah. Okay. So there's levels to the aristocracy. So there, she's still... The Basically, daughter of a lord. What would have happened to the Bennets if Mr. Bennett died? Is, yeah. Is Miss Bates. Okay. That's <laughs> so sad. Somehow, it was really sad as I understood that right <laughs> Somehow the family fortune has died okay. and something has happened and now they're poor. And the only way they can get out of that is to marry or, and most of the time they would be like poor cousins kind of mooching off a richer, they would go from like, Relative to relative to relative. Uh, here's what you do. Get a lot of money and see how many cousins need you to support them. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, it's a different time period with a different way of life. Yeah, that that, that way sucks. <laughs> to your, to, to our everybody. sensibilities yeah. now, no, yes. No, no, to everybody. You're just but, being prejudiced. No, prideful. Pride and prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> but in some cultures, that's still kind of. It's a shitty way to live. How it is. Not necessarily because they're special because they're aristocracy, but. If your family fortune fell, you would go mm-hmm. live with other family yeah. and travel mm-hmm. around. These rows of first fuckers are die when the zombies show up. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, they have more skills than your regular gentry who've never had to do anything for themselves. So. <laughs> well, yeah. At least they know how to start fires and yeah. <laughs> cook. <laughs> and cut the heads off zombies. But anyways, um, he's like, well, maybe you don't like her so much because she is what you want people to think you are. You want everybody to think how accomplished you are, and then you see her, and she's better than you. <laughs> so then Emma later complains to Harriet at the haberdashery about how for Jane's three-month visit, she will have to do more than she wishes and less than she ought, and it's going to be a long three months. <laughs> and then someone enters the shop. It's Mr. Martin and his sisters. 
and Harriet's like, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Martin's sister stop her because they miss her, and sh- they want her to come visit, and their mother misses her, and she's like, all right, I'll come visit. <laughs> but she's like, I and him, they just can't stop yeah. looking at each other, and she goes outside, he follows her. It's raining, and he's like, the way you're going go is flooded, so you should go the other way, so you don't. Yeah, like he stops her, but he doesn't know what to say. So he just tells her the way is flooded. Go the other way. <laughs> and Emma, it's awkward and sweet. Yes. Emma takes Harriet with her to visit. Or no, Emma takes Harriet to her visit with the Martins. But she stays like up on the hill in the carriage. Yeah. And she's like, okay. Because she's certainly not going to. <laughs> you will only stay for 15 minutes. Make sure that no unnecessary reminiscing happens because you don't want to fall into the old patterns. This isn't you. <laughs> she gives her all of this advice. And then Harriet leaves. And a man rides up on his horse and asks the way to Highbury. It's Mr. Frank Churchill. The Frank Churchill? Yeah. The Frank Churchill. Related to Winston? He's come at last. (laughs) How do you know? This could be the great-grandfather. No, I don't know how far back it is. This could be Winston's (laughs) grandfather. 1815 or so is when this book takes place. Mr. and Mrs. West... Mr. and Mrs. Weston walk to Hartfield and invite Emma to walk with them to the village. Emma. Got it. Frank has surprised them, and... uh, they seem to want a match between him and Emma. <laughs> they call that shipping. Mm-hmm. So she asks him about Jane, and they're knowing one another, but he doesn't give any details either. He's like, obviously, it's the lady's prerogative to say the level of acquaintanceship or whatever. <laughs> and Emma's like, no, no, she wouldn't. Say, she doesn't care. So you can tell me all the gossip. <laughs> He's not saying anything. Which is probably the most gentlemanly thing about Mr. Frank Churchill. That's true. And uh, then they see a big inn or space where they should be having balls, but they don't because there's just not enough people in the ivory. So he's saying they have no balls? And, uh, they have enough room for the balls. But no. Mr. West is My like, My balls You're are made right. of bouncing. And we <laughs> should have a ball. And uh, that's just a seed planted. Maybe they're going to do it. Emma goes to a party at the home of a merchant. And Mr. Knightley is like, oh, you accepted an invocation from a merchant. <laughs> and she's like, well, Mr. Frank Churchill is only going to be here for two weeks, so we must make the best of it. And we must take advantage of all our opportunities. And he's like, okay. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, when is something going to happen in this moment? <laughs> uh, at dinner, they learned that Jane was gifted a pianoforte Uh-oh. with no return address. Is that anonymous? This is the talk of the town. <laughs> Who gifted they need her better shit to do this piano? <laughs> well, that's one of the things about this movie. They're all bored. <laughs> this is hot goss. <laughs> they don't have anything to do all day. Time to spill the tea. They don't have Especially anything to do all day. Mm-hmm. Mr. Knightley can go off and work the farms with his tenant farmers and all that stuff. Yeah. But the rest of the women, especially, have nothing to do. <laughs> and like Mr. West, they should perhaps, learn how to farm. He's got property management. He maybe he has investments. Mm-hmm. Stuff. The women can't do anything. They just sit there all day doing embroidery, doing terrible watercolors, reading <laughs> fucking books. Their only purpose is to have babies. Mm-hmm. Yes, but they could invent things like frequency hopping. Invented well, by a woman. You know why? Because she was bored and wrote some shit down. Women did so do stuff like that. They were Generally, stoned as witches. They had to have the front of a man taking credit for it. Yes. Because it was un 
gentle. No, this is what happened with Jane Austen, her brother. It was inappropriate for women to have a profession. This See, is, and that's why this way of life is fucking stupid. It's a different time. <laughs> it's not how things are now in our country, which is great because women and men have more opportunities to be what they want. It's great, mm-hmm. but and if you want to marry a farmer, you, you can marry just go, a farmer. Well, this fucking dumb, fuck that. Very well. This is how it was. Mm-hmm. This is just how it was, and you have to think to mm-hmm. this book. So Jane Austen is writing these books, and she's writing it for she wants to make money, mm-hmm. and she's writing it to appeal. And this is who, like, you don't dream about being, you know, the Tanner's daughter. <laughs> you dream about being the frivolous aristocrat who doesn't you have to sure do anything. You sure do dream about being the Tanner's daughter. You can be DJ, Stephanie, also, or Michelle. Also, but, who are these books for? Those born women. Thank you. Thank you. Because the poor women wouldn't have been able to buy the books and yeah. probably couldn't read anyway. But the, the wealthy, bored women are the people that are going to buy your book. <laughs> or hang out with Uncle Jesse. Yeah, and the Rippers. Uh, anyways. So at dinner they learn, or no, I already said that. Um, Emma and Frank speculate as to who the piano could have been from. From Mr. Dixon, who saved her from falling in the water all those months ago. Maybe their relationship is not quite appropriate. <laughs> you, can't, you can't see it, but she's crossing her fingers. She <laughs> so they speculate kind of meanly about who would have given her a piano and why. Hello. And um, then Jane and Mr. Knightley do a duet. And Mrs. Weston tells Emma that she's trying to make a match between the two of them. Hello. Emma is like, what? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I like him, and I don't like her. <laughs> He's not allowed to make a match with anyone. He's my friend. So uh, Mr. Elton returns. They find out when they go to church, and there's someone sitting in their booth. <laughs> this is in their pew. Did you think this was... It's funny, because they just look at her, and they're like... You're in my spot. That's where we sit. Well, Bill Nye, is staring at her like, how the it fuck was. are you doing... Your most important families had a pew, and this was their pew because they were the most important family. And then they come, and someone is in their pew. <laughs> and you see, in the pew next to him is the merchant across the aisle, who is probably the richest person. So I'm right? assuming Mr. Knightley just sits with them when he comes. I don't think I don't Mr. Knightley comes. goes to church. <laughs> I've never seen, but... You see the merchants like scoot over, like you can sit with us, and then. <laughs> but he's like, no, he's like, we'll sit behind this interloper. <laughs> <laughs> with the ridiculous hair. Oh my god. <laughs> they went full Sheldon. You're in my spot. Yeah. So uh, they sit behind her. This is Mr. Elton's wife, and she is awful. <laughs> The more I see this movie, the more I love this character. <laughs> she's a terrible person, but I just need to watch she's also <laughs> really funny. <laughs> she reminds me of what's her Fraser's wife, Lilith. 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 Oh, and you at do least love her. You, the more you watch yeah, her, <laughs> at least how you feel about her at first until you find out. You know, Lilith Sternencrane. Yeah, but, who left her husband to live in a biodome? I mean, yeah. she seems so clueless about. I don't know. Like, How you gotta wonder what... Yeah, well, <laughs> and, like, she obviously... Like, the etiquette rules and stuff that she spouts, there just seems slightly off. Mm-hmm. She reminds me of Caroline Bingley a little bit in The Pride yeah. and Prejudice. She's oh, kind yeah, of a Caroline bitch. Bingley. 
but she's like not as elegant, so she's probably new money, not old money. Yeah. And <laughs> like overcompensating. Yes. <laughs> like she seems like maybe she used to be poor gentry and then an inheritance came to pass. Yeah. Like some, some a couple of deaths happened and then she got catapulted some into people died in strategic <laughs> places. Yeah, and some de- and so she you, got catapulted into a higher echelon. So one might say she might have murdered them to get her better her position. Because that's how things worked. Like, if you're mm. second in line for the throne, you kill that fucker. Women weren't going around murdering people for a better position. How do you men know? were going around How murdering. do you That's a bold statement there, Cotton. Women How do you know that? inherit as much as men. That's true. <laughs> Doesn't mean you wouldn't do it. Your choices are nothing or something. Anyways. Um, you're right. I don't know. I don't know why you need to yell at me, though. Because they, you're yelling at me. They feel invite ganged her up on. to Hartfield for tea, I guess. Because... Congratulates them and thanks them for having a house that resembles her brother's maple grove. <laughs> and tells them how happy he is, she was to finally meet Knightley. Elton, or Mr. E's good friend, Knightley. She calls him Mr. E. And then to be, <laughs> to be thrilled to find that Mr. E need not be ashamed of his friend, Knightley. And Emma is offended. <laughs> No, she gets all hoity Because Mr. Knightley is, like, up here in terms of wealth and status and just being a good person, and Mr. Elton is down there. She can. a tennis court. (laughs) And it's obvious that Elton has not told her what transpired between him and Emma or anything about the true social situation kind of, he's just given her like periphery information enough details for her to dislike harriet smith <laughs> yeah but but like she's got it all wrong and it's just like and you can see his face too he's like god i wish this woman would shut up but he probably only married her for his her money mm-hmm. mm. how things have changed uh. So more Emma like, is like just beside mm. herself, the nerve of that woman to call him nightly, and then be surprised to find out he's a gentleman. <laughs> She's ranting and raving, and then is interrupted by Mr. Weston, who's come to tell her that the Churchills have settled temporarily in Richmond, which is close enough to London, that Mr. Frank Churchill is returning. And they're going to have their ball. And everybody's super excited about this. They are. They have had a ball. Why? Because we got I mean, Harriet, or not Harriet, Emma might be able to count the number of balls she's been to on one hand. <laughs> she count them. Never mind. Never mind. Something about hands oh, and balls. Lord. Hands and balls. Lord. Hands and balls. Letting it go. So it's time for the ball. Miss Bates is all the flutter. It's so wonderful and beautiful. It's like a fairyland. Everybody's fluttering at the balls. Which you got to think she's probably not gotten to go to money balls <laughs> oh, either. No. Everybody so loves balls. She compliments Emma, who must have helped put this together. And um, Mr. Elton nearly walks right into Emma with his glass of wine. Was that on purpose? <laughs> I don't think so. It looked intentional. Mrs. Elton talks to Jane about how she is concerned that maybe she's overtrimmed. <laughs> she prefers a simpler style, but you know, a bride must look a bride. She just would hate to be overtrimmed. And that shit in her hair—that's her hair, right? Yes. Yeah. How, how did they do that? Weird, like Mickey Mouse ear. Yeah, hair. it's like they're like giant Mickey Mouse ears, but they don't have hair gel. Anybody else want to pour a bucket of water they over this do girl's it? head? Okay. Is it honey or something? No, they do it with an iron. Oh God! So oh, you Jesus. you iron it out, and then you would put like wax in wax. there to hold it 
Like I could do it with my hair, but they well, they do it with <laughs> they do it with a hot flat iron, <laughs> and they iron it out, and then they put wax in there to hold it in the shape that they want. Jesus, so what are they out of any? Very time consuming and not worth it for you to have Minnie Mouse hair. <laughs> yeah. so ridiculous. I thought it was a hat at first. Oh. I was like, that can't be our hair because they couldn't do that, right? And then but, I had two yeah. thoughts when I saw this. I'm like, wow, that must have been really hard to do. Now, <laughs> <laughs> how did they do it back then? Yeah. <laughs> Like, they would have had to use all kinds of gels and stuff yeah. now. They didn't have that in, what, I don't know what year this is. Look, 1815. 18, yeah. Okay. 205 They would just... I mean, the War of 1812 look, just happened. All you would need is some Gorilla Glue. The, oh, <laughs> oh, too soon, too soon, uh, too soon, too soon. Miss Bates is just I can't believe that fucking idiot got money for that. How? Not from Gorilla Glue. Everybody else is like, yeah, let's give her money. Yeah, I, I believe that. But Miss Bates just wants to talk about how Jane did her own hair and how it looks great, too. But you can't really hair. see it. It's just covered with a feather. <laughs> Jane's hair is, the whole time... She's plain. She's plain. And the weird thing about Jane, Jane is, she seems like she's just depressed. Uh-huh. And it makes you... And in the end, like, you find out stuff about Jane, but you wonder, is she just the type of person that's always depressed? Or if it was just because she had to hide her... Or maybe she did not want to come back here. She wanted to stay with her friends. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Mr. and Mrs. Weston come up to Emma and they're like, we have a problem. Uh, basically, when we planned the ball initially, we didn't know Mr. Elton was going to return with a bride. And she technically should be the one to open the ball. But the ball's in Frank's honor and he's already pledged the first set to you. So... Uh, what we have decided that since Mr. Weston planned the ball, he will open the ball with her if you're okay with being second and not leading the first dance. And she's like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> and I'm thinking, is this a problem? Etiquette-wise, I mean, yes. Of your day, I mean. Etiquette-wise, it is a problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have rules where if a woman declined to dance with a man at any point in the night, she couldn't dance for the rest of the night. Wow. <laughs> Who was enforcing that? A bunch of old ladies who were watching all these young ladies. It was Biddy, wasn't it? Gossiping about <laughs> Biddy was in the corner with and a notebook. It would have been written up in the newspaper, you know? Yeah. But who would have cared the newspaper? I'm sorry, I gotta, been, I gotta go far. All I, got, the women. I got time to It would have been all the women. It would have been all the aunts and mothers and grandmothers would be sitting on the side, right? Mm-hmm. And they're watching the young women dance to make sure that no one tries to take advantage. You gotta remember make, the Holy Ghost. Yeah, and also you can't dance with someone too many times, or that has societal implications. What if he's a, what if he's a really good dancer and you just like him? Too bad he has to spread it around. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought if he Anyways. did that, he was a bit of a whore. <laughs> Anyways, so Mr. Weston opens the, dance, dance with the one that opens the ball <laughs> with Mrs. Elton. Now, do married people get to dance, or is it only the single people? They can dance as much as they want. Do they have to dance with their did spouse married, only? Did married people? No, actually, you're not encouraged to dance with your spouse. Did married people? Because there's plenty of unmarried people who need partners. <laughs> what if you just want to dance with your wife? Like she's a very you could you could do that. Handsome lady. You would be if you only danced with your wife. You would be considered a very eccentric couple, especially since most people did not marry necessarily people they even liked. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I'll give you that. Did you Mary weren't supposed to partner with your spouse at, like, card games and stuff either. And, like, later this at this ball, when Emma dances with Knightley, she, he's like, well, who are you going to dance with? And she's like, with you, we are not really brother and sister. It wouldn't be unseemly. Because if it was her actual brother, they wouldn't dance. <laughs> at all. If it was her cousin. 
They wouldn't dance with each other. They dance with other people. Because they would need to have. They need but to mean, circulate. But I mean, and what I get from this, hold up, hold up, hold up, let's rewind here. So she makes a statement. We're not really brother and sister. So they think of each other as brother and sister up to this point. No, no. It's just, that's how she sees him. No, that's it's not said. how she sees him. That's what she said. <laughs> no, it's because his brother married her sister, so brother they're in-law. considered in-laws, but they're so not brother and sister. People related. Like, they're related. not really related. This isn't really her brother. But there were there all so many these. Rules. They write these rules, rules down somewhere because it's a lot. It's a lot of rules in yes. all these social situations, and basically, you you dance with everybody. This is how you interact with people. This is how you meet but, but people. If you're, and, and these rules are written down. That's what Mrs. T- Miss Taylor's job was to teach Emma all these fucking rules as a governess. But your bro- your brother and sister can't dance at all. I mean, because I mean the thing is, is it would depend on how small the party is. There are if. Why do you know all of If a young woman is allowed to so go to read. a ball and she's not yet out, then she can then only she dance can with her family. only dance with family okay. members, and her brother would dance with well, her. Well, because my thing is, is <laughs> maybe I play the song. I'm but once she's out, it's her duty to dance with to rock that booty. Other Mary. men, so she can meet them. So then it's, <laughs> she can a, so then it's booty, 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 rocking everywhere. This is yeah. one of the few ways that women actually get to meet men. It's booty time, booty, booty time. time. Across, Across the USA. USA. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You just made a Ford Fairlane reference. I know, right? The only right? way you'd even get to speak to a man <laughs> I, that's not I, I related to you would be like during supper if they were sat next to you, which is why seating charts were so yes, but those were very important. My too. my thing is, and this is stupid, but I don't so read so this. <laughs> I don't read this stuff. But they're dancing; they barely even touch. Yeah. So I'm but, like, it's not how scandalous is it but, if I just. Touch Elaine's t- fingertips for a second, it and we spin around really and leave. It would really be scandalous to touch outside of a dance. This is the only time it's oh, okay I see to what touch. You mean. Okay, because I'm like, and this isn't because for the people that are listening to this, all four of you, and uh-huh. we're Aww. saying dancing. We're not talking like you know cheek to cheek rubbing or nothing. Like no, we're talking it's not barely waltzing. touching. It's yeah. not. This Don't watch the latest Cardi B video and think that. No, yeah, not no, like this that. Is, this is more like this is pattern dancing. Yeah, this is more like a but, country line. So dancing. if you notice, oh, no, no, go back and watch a night. Tail. It's more like that. Yeah, we're not. We're kind of chopping your flavor here, oh, but no, you're fine. if you oh, notice, no. when Emma dances with Knightley, mm-hmm. it's after they've eaten dinner and everyone else has their gloves on except for Emma and Knightley. Mm-hmm. And it the act, the author did or the this it's in the trivia. She had to do research to make sure that it wouldn't be out of character because she wanted them to be ungloved to show the tension. And oh, the okay. only way it fits is because this is the after supper set, and you would remove your gloves. To eat to supper. Eat dinner. So yes. you could only so even even when you could you could, were allowed to dance with somebody at this ball, you still had to wear gloves. You couldn't yeah. touch each other. Yes. Jesus Christ. There's no wonder when they see like an ankle they nut all over themselves. Or something. In persuasion, <laughs> which is my favorite. Right, yeah. Uh. There's so much importance placed like when he hands her into a carriage. You pay attention to how long they're touching because it only takes a second but he holds her hand for three seconds. And it's a big deal. You would not like this book, John. (laughs) (laughs) What gave it away? Because all those tiny little times when you're not supposed to touch and every touch is so meaningful, like these moments where they're allowed to touch are a big deal. I would go insane. (laughs) I'm a a really big touchy-feely person. Even when they're married. I would go insane. Yeah, they don't touch in public. They don't touch in public. No PDA. It's unseemly to have public to show you affection your for arm, your spouse. You know, you can hold your arm out and she can rest. But what her if you're like super rich and maybe like really high born? What if you're the king? Can you just do whatever you want? No. 
or what? You're the king. Off with their heads. Fuck them. Society. Then you are shunned by certain parts of society. Then off with their heads. Fuck them. Isn't that what kings did? That was the problem. I think you're. I think you're raised to. It's kind of like that coming to America too. I don't even like that, but but uh, you're raised to believe all this crap. So it's hard for you to break that mental. I wish we were all raised to walk in rooms like Wesley Snipes. Well, let me put it to you this way, because that was epic. That was awesome. Let me put it to you this way. All right. No, we're, I get it. No, I get it. I don't need you to explain it. No, I get it. It's we're stupid, all but I get it. The certain a certain generation, and our daughter is of a completely different re- um, generation, and the rules that we grew up with, acceptable things to say or do or treat people, and the things that Gwen <laughs> finds to be acceptable things to do or say or what good morals is considered has drastically changed. Yeah, they're going the wrong way. It doesn't matter. So. As ridiculous as this seems, that was that was how it worked. Those were the rules of society, the unspoken etiquette and morals. And we are living in a time where within just loose morals, just know, the generational difference between our generation and to Gwen's generation, those societal things are changing rapidly. And most of that just looks like complete and utter bullshit to us. <laughs> but to her, this is but that's what it is. And I bet you, and it's the same thing. Too many people with too much fucking time on their hands. And I bet you, all that, all that pomp and circumstance, all that does is reinforce that you're better than people and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know, yeah. it's like you, you help Carly into a, you know, stuff like that. All that kind of shit just reinforces in your mind that you're better than farmers because they get dirty, you know, and all that kind of shit. And, and it just continues. Too harder, much money, too much time. Yeah. But look at, or like LeBron James. That fucking guy's an idiot. Yes, but he's treated a certain way because he's a certain part of society, and he believes that what he says has more merit. He does believe that. And a lot of celebrities. There are people in in the lower levels of society that believe because he's so he's in a different echelon that what he says is more important, which is. I'm a big proponent craziness. of craziness. I don't care what a famous person says; they don't, don't. live in the rest of the world. But, and that's the point. These so, people live in a different world. Can we focus now? Where I, I got it like 10 minutes ago, so, but you felt the need to keep explaining. Because it's interesting to talk about. On it's the not. first dance, no one asked Harriet to dance. I felt so bad yeah, for Harriet. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm like, this is supposed to be funny. How? Yeah, that was, And then she started to cry, and I was like, was, no, come on. Yeah, someone this, asked her. I wanted was, to go in a time machine. Mr. Alton gives her the cut direct. Uh-huh. I wanted to go to that bridge and Kate and Leopold yeah. jump in. Mrs. Weston is like, Mr. Alton, will you not dance? And he says, I'll all. dance with you. And she's like, I'm pregnant. Like, she technically shouldn't even be there. <laughs> Once you're showing, you're not in society anymore. But really? this is a small yeah. kind of, very God. small village. Babies are magically delivered. Um, what a bunch of magically delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but those are baby boats. Yeah. But anyway, so she's not going to dance. And he's like, well, I'm an old. But she's like, but Miss Smith is in want of a partner. And he's like, well, I'm an old married man now. I don't dance anymore. And he walks away. And Harriet starts to cry. And Mr. Knightley sees her, and he comes to her rescue and invites and, her. And he went up a notch in my book. Yep, me too. And, and in Emma's too, because she's watching, and she's like, oh, thank goodness. He's kind. <laughs> he's, and he's large. No. And because he is the head of society. <laughs> that reminds me, I was thinking the lady who played Mrs. Elton would make a good olive <laughs> She would during this scene. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely would. They, she, they, they could totally cast her as an olive oil. I'd watch a Popeye remake. Um, uh, oh I, th- I think God. they did everything they need to do with that. I don't know. 
I'd watch it too. So we anyway. go see it together in the theater because that movie needs all the no, money. No, no, that's get. not proper. You can't go out and. Oh, that's true. We have to wear gloves and I don't know all that stuff. <laughs> Your elbows might. Touch. We could maybe get Cross to come with us. Yeah, yeah. chaperone us. Yeah. Um, Use your words. You forgot I was what you were going to say, didn't you? Because he asked her to dance. You see throughout the night that she, the other people have asked her to dance. Mm-hmm. Just the mere him asking her to dance and showing that she's accepted by the highest level of society mm-hmm. encourages the other people to ask her to dance. Whereas if he hadn't done that and Elton had given her that cut direct like he did, which is what that's Nobody called. Nobody else would have asked her to dance. Nobody would else. She would have been completely shocked. So there are a bunch of lemmings is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Um, so, um, after supper, think. Emma thanks Mr. Knightley for dancing with Harriet, and he says Mr. Elton was unpardonably rude and aimed at hurting more than just Harriet, and she s- confesses that she was entirely wrong about him. Well, let me, I'm sorry, did any of these guys ever just punch these motherfuckers out? Like, I, are you standing there just thinking that the whole time? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know who needs to be kicked down the stairs? That motherfucker. Yeah, like... I would say yes, but not in that front of people. Extreme. I wouldn't actually well, what are you gonna, yeah, kick somebody down the stairs. Well, what are you going to do? Like, if you're like, you know, fuck this dude. You just walk up and punch him. They're like, what, are they going to call the guards? Because they're going to be here in like three days. No, no you know but what? you would have committed such a faux pas that they would... Be banished. That you would not be welcome you know who in polite done society. Uh, Mary okay. and Co. Brady would have walked over. <laughs> However... He said, you know what's bad for your health? You'd be like, what's that? So you're like, me. If you caught him alone... Oh, you challenge him to duel. Oh, you might definitely punch him in the back of the head and be like shape up ass hat you you get one of those gloves and you hit him because then when you gotta go and then you'll be like you're banished from here john you're like i don't shop here we'll have a quiet (laughs) word with mr elton because they do interact with each other socially at events where there are only only men men. yeah we never see that But that's something that you but because this book is called emma no in all of these emerald but in all of these movies that you guys have done we have never seen the guys part of it is it you should watch the bridgertons (laughs) yeah or read the Bridgerton. His friend no, 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 literally no. does punch him in the face. <laughs> really? no, you watch. <laughs> Here's the thing. This book this book is told from Emma's uh, point of view. Yeah. And the books that were written during this time period were early romances are almost always only told from the woman's point of view. Because that's all they got to see. Modern romances, even if they're like modern day authors that are writing romance now, will often tell the man's point of view now. Yeah. But it wasn't even as early as like the 80s. They were still only focused on the woman's point of view. Yeah. But I, the, I do love a story from different points of view. The mm-hmm. audience has matured and the writers have matured to tell different types. Like the Bridgertons, those they books. Mm-hmm. Well, they're very popular right now. Never heard of them. But those <laughs> books themselves, the ones that are about the boys are told from the man's point of view predominantly. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are about the daughters are told predominantly from the daughter's point of view. Okay. <laughs> but like that wicked. kind of... But they really only showed... Or uh, Infinity Wars. <laughs> but like Daniel Steele novels or like the old Jackie Collins, those are not told... You don't really ever get the man's perspective. You only see the man through the woman's eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, one, it's one of the things I like about more modern romance, that you do get to see the other side. Although it's always told through... A woman. It's usually a woman telling a man tell yes. telling the man's point of view, which still skews it more. I know. So it's I a woman telling that. you a man's point of view. And it's a, male, it's a big writing thing. Is thought you weren't allowed to men, do that anymore. Men can't. Can. Men don't tell write women well, and women don't write men well, or whatever. And generally, men who do well in the romance genre are writing under female pseudonyms, yeah. like Jane Austen. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like even I modern see day, Carly's face twitch. There <laughs> are there are men who write romance and yeah. pre- they usually use a feminine pseudonym because uh, women don't generally buy romance written by men. Happened in League of what was that show we watched? League of Assassins or what was that? League of Assassins. No, it was the CW show. Oh. Uh, oh, the Legends of Tomorrow. Legends. Yeah. What's yeah. the bad guy? Rory. Rory. He's a he's a romance writer that yeah. uses a female pseudonym. He's not the bad guy. Oh, well, he was he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. He's reformed. But. He'd be much cooler as a bad guy. I accidentally watched that show the other day. And Has it gone down? It's fucking terrible. But there's just it's language terrible. that women use that's different than how men write, yeah. and you can tell. Mm-hmm. Tallywhacker. So, anyway, <laughs> Mr. Knightley is like... In, quite frankly, if you you chose for him better than he chose for himself, because Harriet is a way better person than Mrs. Elton is, and yes. uh, then Mr. Weston comes over and he's like, "People are lazy after supper. Let's dance." And they we already we already talked about it. They dance, and they the tension just dance. gets higher and higher and higher throughout the Too much the booty dance. in the pants. That's right. And then they leave. And if it had been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd be married a long time ago. He walks. He's walking, and uh, he sees her through her carriage window, and they are staring at each other, having a shared moment. Oh, wait a minute. And, there you go. There we go. And then the carriage goes, and he chases it, and he runs all the way to her house. <laughs> How far is it? Uh, at he, least a couple miles. Wow. That's Most more... of the great houses were at least a couple miles. But did he town. run the whole time? I, I think Maybe. He, had a, he might have had to dial that He's back to the His heart might have he been actually worked. <laughs> he, he walks everywhere. He hates yes. to use his carriage. Yes, but still, running... When he calls his carriage, <laughs> his it's usually shoes. for Miss Bates and her family. Well, those are his dancing shoes. He knew he was going <laughs> to bogey tonight. Because he's kind. Um, so and large. He, she's gone... He's actually not very large. I know. One of the funniest things is how much shorter he is than Mr. Frank Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> she goes home and she kind of sits in one of the windows and she sees him when he gets there. And she runs down there. And he's and, sweating and like... <laughs> and they're about to do something. Something's about to go you down. Can, I feel like so, this is... Do you is, have some he water? Was, he's like Kung Fu Panda. I feel like... I need a moment. <laughs> it's very... It seems like he's about to profess his love or ask her to marry her. Like they had this whole tension-filled dance and they just are having this moment together. And then... <laughs> and then this woman is moaning and it's Harriet and she's being carried... By Mr. Frank oh, yeah. Churchill. <laughs> Mr. Frank Churchill is a cock-blocking son of a bitch. <laughs> he clam-jammed this shit all along. Oh. <laughs> Harriet was accosted, and he saw it, and she tried to get away and tripped, and she was had a cramp from too much dancing. <laughs> she must have hydrated. And uh, Not have hydrated. Words yeah. are hard. And so they get her into the drawing room, and they call for and they the draw doctor, her. and they're like, okay, we have to alert people that there is a group that is accosting people, and so the Mr. Churchill and Mr. Knightley are like, okay, we'll go, and she's like, no, no, stay, because Harriet's like, I think that I'm in love again, and Emma's like, okay, so Mr. Churchill saved you, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> Emma assumes that she's in love with Frank Churchill. No, so, no, nay, nay. So uh, she's like, Mr. Churchill, you should stay. And Mr. Knightley's like, the fuck, dude? <laughs> I was about to profess my love. You want him to stay? <laughs> but he doesn't say anything because he's a gentleman. And uh, then Mr. Woodhouse runs into the room. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Is she dead? 
There's a couple of scenes in this movie where I worried about uh, Bill Nye. <laughs> One scene, if you watch it again, he jumps from the third stair of a staircase to the ground and holds his hands out. And in this one, he runs in the room I'm like, dude, you're 71. Like, I don't want to lose you. <laughs> There's national- lots more vampire movies you need to make. He's a national treasure. Yes. But just not this nation. Oh. He's a world treasure. Yeah, even I like him he's, a lot. He's a worldly treasure, that Bill Nye. But 71. she's like... It's okay, Harry. It's all right. We've sent for the doctor. Mr. Knightley is going to go sound the alarm. He's like, why are we sounding the alarm? <laughs> and Mr. Knightley is like, we'll both go. <laughs> I'm not leaving if he's staying. Yeah. So they go. Well, the guy that played uh, Tywin Lannister could probably step in. And Emma's like, look, matches of greater disparity have happened. No. This could happen. But I've learned my lesson, and I'm not going to get involved. But I support this, and it, it could it's possible. Um, so she's like, I wouldn't even deign to hope for it. But she's like, no, I mean, it could happen. So Emma gives her hope. And your dog <laughs> is just intent on laying next and to me, snoring. I keep waking Harriet, him up and making him move, and he just keeps going like an and she's inch. like, but after the service he provided you, and she's like, oh, and he turned my misery into perfect happiness. And... Uh, Mr. Knightley goes home and he's like frustrated and confused and he just lays on the floor. <laughs> and you see his footman come in like he's going to ask him a question and then just backs out and shuts the door. <laughs> and then we cut to a card party where Mrs. Elton gives Jane Fairfax crap about going to the post office in the rain to get her own letters. And she's like, we could just have our man, whatever his name is, go and get yeah. your letters too. And Jane doesn't say anything, but you know she's going to keep going and get her own damn yeah. letters. Because <laughs> she doesn't need anybody else knowing what letters she's getting from who. Because I'm Plus, sure that's going to be the hot guys, too. I mean, you're not supposed to refer to how poor. Like, it's so yes. uncouth to talk about how poor she is. She doesn't have a man to go get her letters. She has to get them herself. <laughs> but uh, then Mrs. Elton is like, Emma... Do you suppose Mr. Lightly could would open or would have us over to the Abbey because I fear that I've exhausted Hartwell or Hartfield mm-hmm. and I love to tour grand houses and Emma's like I mean he doesn't really care about his house he cares more about the land and the people so his and house all his is shut up drawing rooms <laughs> and ballrooms are shut up sheets are over everything You're, there's nothing to see. And he's like, I'll open it and I'll throw a party. <laughs> just because, and really just because Emma said he wouldn't. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, I'll name the day once I talk to other people who I would want to have come. And she's, and Mrs. Elton is like, oh, it's my party. I'll invite people. And he's like, no. No, <laughs> no it's my party. And I'll cry yeah, if I, I want, want to. And, and she's like, you needn't fear. I, as a married woman, I am capable of setting a guest list. And he's like, there is only one woman I will allow to make a guest list for me. And she's like, Mrs. Weston? And he's like, no, Mrs. Knightley. And until she is here, (laughs) I will do it myself. Shut your pie hole. So it's summer. Mrs. Knightley. And they you ain't my wife, and you ain't taking her place. <laughs> it's summer, and they have a party at Donwell Abbey. It's a picnic, and then they explore the house. And uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, in one of the deleted scenes, and it happened in the book, uh, Mrs. Elton is all about how she has found a position for Jane Fairfax as a governess, and she wants to be able to write them that it has been accepted, and Jane will be on her way presently. And Jane's like, can we show the house? Because she is not fucking doing it. <laughs> and you don't run my life, bitch. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
Jane leaves while they're exploring the house because she is exhausted. Her weary spirits are exhausted. Her weary spirits are exhausted. Which, this is funny because it makes it her oh, look funny. like she's depressed. No, oh. it's weird because it makes it look like she's depressed. But if they had left that deleted scene in, it would make her look like she's trying to get away from Mrs. Elton. Yeah, and that might be why they took it out. Yeah. Because she's sad. Yeah, she's sad. <laughs> she's very melancholy the whole time. Ooh, I love the word melancholy. Uh, Frank Churchill arrives Good album. Melancholy, late, and he's yeah. all talk about how he's tired of England and wants to go abroad. As soon as his aunt is well again, he's going abroad to get away from England. And she's like, what you're really tired of is being prosperous and indulged, which... Now, she says go abroad. Does that mean going to the colonies? The continent. No, it means going to, like, oh, France or well, they Germany not, They don't or like the French. Austria. Austria is a good one. They often went to Austria. The Grand Tour is the continent. <laughs> Greece, maybe. Italy. Probably. And a lot of wealthy young men took a Grand Tour when they exited school before they inherit. You know, when their Gives them dads are still do. taking care of the house and they, they go off on this Grand Tour. Go on, walk about. Because they don't really have control they have an allowance they can't they don't have anything to do until their fathers die so it gives them something to do ah kind of like the talented mr ripley <laughs> only less murder and especially <laughs> especially if their fathers didn't trust them like some if you if you're if you came from a family that cared about each other then you were generally given property to manage or funds to oversee as practice but if your father didn't really give a shit about you and your family did not get along then you were given nothing. You were kind of ignored. Just given money. Yeah. Go occupy yourself. So they didn't have anything to do any more than the women did. They had more freedom about their nonsensical, boring-ass life. But they couldn't really do anything. They can go get drunk and... Innocence? (laughs) Wait for a vampire to get them. Innocence? (laughs) Innocence. So uh, she's like, well, we go to Box Hill tomorrow. Perhaps that small change of scene will help you. And then we cut to Box Hill the next day. And everyone is quietly sitting around, and Frank is bored with them. So he invents a game. And he says, I have been instructed by Miss Woodhouse, who demands to know what you are all thinking right now. And they're all like, uh. (laughs) And Mr. Knightley is like, is she sure that she wants to know what we're thinking right now? Because it's not going to be complimentary. Um, And she's like, I would never. And then Mr. Frank Churchill is like, well, how about this instead? Now you must tell her one very clever thing, two mildly clever things, or three very dull things. And she promises to laugh at them all. And Miss Bates announces that that will be no trouble, as as she's sure to say three dull things the moment she opens her mouth. And Emma says, oh, but that's the trouble, ma'am. When have you ever stopped at three? Ooh, snap. This is a horrific This was a defining moment for me. Shit gets awkward. At this point, I'm like, (laughs) she's the heroine of this here tale. At some point, she's going to be redeeming. And then she drops this fucking bomb on somebody. I'm like, fuck you. There's no redeeming quality of you. I don't care what happens. You suck. Okay. So, (laughs) so Miss Bates is clearly hurt by this. Was one, but acknowledges that she does have trouble holding her tongue. And she asks Mr. Knightley if she has made herself very disagreeable for Emma to have said such a thing. Everyone is offended. <laughs> and it's really awkward. Everyone leaves. <laughs> the party is over. When they're getting ready to go, Mr. Knightley confronts Emma. And 
he kind of lays into her. <laughs> like your shit. He's yeah. like, they all um, basically treat her a certain way based on how you treat her. You lead, just like he led at the dance. He accepted Harriet, everybody else accepted Harriet. You accept her, We everybody else accepts her. Like, he's, Mr. Knightley's not going to stop helping them because Emma was rude. But <laughs> yes. But other people will yeah. stop acknowledging you, her. To do this in front of the bride of the moment. Mm-hmm. To show Mrs. Elton, who's a terrible person, that she can treat her this way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it would be fun. One thing if she were rich, but she's poor. And she's likely only to get poorer. And you have made fun of her and humbled her in front of everyone. And it was very badly done. And uh, It sure was. She starts to cry. Well, and (laughs) and then she goes home and she sits in that window again and she cries and her father comes up and she tells him that she has been unpardonably vain insufferably arrogant inconsiderate indelicate irrational unfeeling he sits by her while she cries (laughs) and then she goes to miss Bates and brings her a basket of food it's a dead goose no, no, that's Not when yet. she goes to Mr. Martin. Oh, okay. This is probably just a variety of items, oh. which is a normal thing for wealthy people to have done. <laughs> We've never seen her <laughs> do it. <laughs> no, and it's probably they don't really show us the items, but you would assume that it had been chosen. These are things probably that give the appearance of wealth that Miss Bates is not actually able to do. No, I don't think it is. Swiss colony beef loaves? Nope. Yes, probably. Mini Fruit. muffins. Mini muffins. Who doesn't enjoy getting a basket of mini muffins? When's the last time we got a ba- basket of mini muffins and was sad about it? No. You're always happy about a basket of mini muffins. <laughs> what if the mini muffins were only bran and blueberry? What kind of evil bastard would send you bran and... I blueberry muffins. I mean, what kind of evil bastard would really I only like send you bran and blueberry too, muffins? I like blueberry muffins, but John does not. Which is why I used bran, which nobody really wants bran muffins. No. I mean, maybe... I don't mind a blueberry muffin. Like, if there's, if there's nothing but blueberry... Yeah. I have the little ones. Yeah. Well, the big he, blueberry he really ones. I will eat the blueberry muffins <laughs> there, but there's always a better choice of muffin other than blueberry. Like, uh, corn is good, I but bran, nobody really wants bran. Corn's one of my favorite muffins. I know, they're pretty good. But you see her After the double of, chocolate muffin, which is basically cake. <laughs> <laughs> you, keep, you see her kind of like psyching herself up for this because she doesn't want to have to do this but she knows she has to do this and uh she still feels really terrible about what she did and when she sees miss bates miss bates is like oh i'm so sorry you had to wait we didn't know anybody was coming we didn't hear you knock jane isn't feeling well and basically um emma says she's very very sorry and sends her best wishes and gives her the basket and miss bates is like um, thank you so much for your kindness, but you've always been kind, and you know that Emma just feels worse and worse and worse hey, but, and worse. But how does this fix things? So, she's recognizing her. Right, but everyone didn't she's, see it. They know she's They there. know where she went. They saw her. <laughs> wa- Look, they saw her <laughs> walk through town. They saw her. Well, even if she had matter. gone to see Jane, it didn't really matter which one she was saying. She <laughs> went to them. She brought them a gift. She's showing that she recognizes that what she did was okay. she's she's making a public I just would think apology. it would be better if she did it at a public place where everyone but was that there. would be unseemly <laughs> she, they all know so they're all seeing her she she went to her she didn't wait they live until in town in the village like she had to so. go through the village to find them mm-hmm. and 
she's obviously she's making the overture and it's kind of a public apology without actually having to come out and say like she doesn't want to have to go at all she yeah. wants to pretend that it never happened and they can just go on but this is her character growth she is going back and fixing the shit that she fucked up this is when she starts okay <laughs> mm. and she probably at oh, the same time made another a, a invitation please come to Hartford for tea mm-hmm. and she's like they don't but show they that, but show she's that. making the overtures. Yeah, I'm just saying this didn't. They seem can't like... show everything. It's well, already know, a two-hour movie. I know, but this was <laughs> this to me, and I don't know the stuff, but this was like a big deal. Ooh. How badly she wounded her. Then I wanted an equally mending of it, as opposed to you infer all this. I didn't get that, but you guys do. Mm-hmm. You infer all this because she just brought her a swift colony beef log, you know, mini muffins. As opposed to doing something really grand and big in front of everybody, you know. But but they're they're not showy. Okay. <laughs> she wouldn't do it in public either. It would just even if she had in public, it, what she'll do is converse with her and acknowledge her, her and say, her. "Oh, Miss Bates, I'm happy to see you. How are you?" Yeah. But it wouldn't be any anything different than how she treated her previously. She would just make sure that she made the Continue. overture in public. Okay. Well, what it may be, and she's doing, she's going privately to make the actual apology, which is not, which is hard, which is not necessarily even something she would have to do. Yeah, all she really has to do is acknowledge her at public gatherings and invite her to heart. Ask how she's doing in church. Yeah. Oh, you look very nice today. So then it wasn't that big a deal, if it's that easily fixed. It could have been a bigger deal. But because she went there and because she is acknowledging her, they avoided It's a very complex game. situation. Yeah. Okay. It really should if be. If she hadn't done anything, then it could have affa- changed Miss Bates' life. Right. But, I mean, because just in the way that rich girl. people can affect poor people's lives on a whim. Right. And then they can say, never mind, on she a whim. <laughs> Part of it is she didn't have to go make this private apology, too. She could have only done something public. But she felt bad enough that she went and made the private apology to acknowledge I was an asshole. <laughs> okay. It's... it's Never mind. So she goes home, and Mr. Knightley's there talking to her father. But when she gets there, he leaves. Can you stop snoring? He's like, I'm not coming back tonight. I'll see you another day. He's He's getting I'm going away. It's almost like I'm going away on business. I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. Um, And uh, Emma goes to see the Westons and learns that Frank Churchill's aunt passed away. And it turns out she really was ill. And uh, also, Frank returned with an errand to... uh, to see Jane, his secret fiance. <laughs> wow. They've been engaged since October. Why? That's why Jane's been so sad because it's a secret and she's had to pretend, or he's been pretending to like Emma when he loves Jane. He sent the yeah. piano. Yep. So, what? Uh, his it's aunt would have gosh. cut him off if she had found out. Finally, because, something happens in this movie. Because she was determined that he would marry a rich a woman mm-hmm. of consequence, and Jane is very poor. And the Westons are upset because they have been shipping Emma and Frank. <laughs> and it did kind of seem like Frank was courting Emma and that she was enjoying his attention. They were, they were his going attention And Emma is upset, clearly, by the snooze. But they don't realize she's not upset for herself. She's upset for Harriet because she thinks Harriet is in love with Mr. Frank Churchill. She's like, oh, no, don't worry about me. I'm fine. But she goes or she invites Harriet over and shares the news with her. But Harriet's like, I don't care about Frank. I don't understand. (laughs) 
I mean, Mr. Frank Churchill is fine, but I don't have feelings for him. And she's like, why would you think I had feelings for him? And she's like, you told me recently that you have feelings. She's like, no, not for him. <laughs> she's like, I don't understand how you could misunderstand these events. <laughs> and she's like, who do you have feelings for? Mr. Knightley. Oh, snap. So, uh, this is what they call a problem. This is the biggest problem we've seen the entire movie. So, uh, Conflict. She's like, I, do you think Mr. Knightley returns your feelings? And she's like, yes, <laughs> I do. He's been so kind to me and so sweet to me. And he paid special attention to me at the party at Donwell Abbey. And he showed me um, different views out of different windows. And he talked to me about the management of some of his tenant farms. And it, it was almost like he was declaring his intentions. And, uh, and Emma's like, this is awkward. Uh, Emma, like, <laughs> you don't think maybe he was talking about his tenant farms on behalf of Mr. Martin? And she's like, but I refuse Mr. Martin. <laughs> and she's like, you like Mr. Knightley, don't you? <laughs> no. And like, here's the thing. Mr. Knightley would not have given Check you the indication box. that he had feelings for you if he didn't. So maybe he does have feelings for you. And Emma is legitimately upset because maybe Mr. Knightley does have feelings for Harriet. And Harriet leaves because she's kind of pissed off. (laughs) Harriet, that's a name that has fallen out of fashion. We'll see what we do a lot of Harriet's do. So Emma walks and cries and Mr. Knightley sees her and they're both confused as to the other's affections because he thinks she's upset over Frank Churchill uh, being with Jane Fairfax and she thinks he's coming to ask her about Harriet. (laughs) And, uh, and then he asks, he confesses his love and asks for her hand. And she's like, I can't. What about Harriet? <laughs> and he's like, Harriet? <laughs> Poor Harriet. I felt so bad for Harriet. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, look, I can't break Harriet's heart again. <laughs> I've done it three times, I thought. Really only twice. But <laughs> this would be the third time. I can't marry you if she's in love with you. And he's like, but it was for Mr. Martin. <laughs> So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go see Robert Martin and I'm going to talk him into asking for her hand again. I'm sure he still has feelings for her and he'll do it in person this time, not by letter. And she's like, no, I have to do it. It's my fault or they would already be married. And then she brings a goose. I have to do it. So this is another step of her in her character development. He said, I'll go fix the problem. And she said, no, it's my problem. I caused it. I will fix it. So she brought a farmer a goose. Yes. She didn't even pluck the thing. No, because it's probably freshly killed, and you don't pluck it until you're going to cook did it. Did she kill but it? It's a fresh no. goose. I'm sure she didn't kill she it. She also brought him did she bring, did the she... painting of Harry. <laughs> <laughs> good, to, good to drop that off. Regifting's okay in that one. <laughs> yeah. But did she... She kept, you know, the, kept she, the frame, though. Did she... I don't you got to take the bad stuff out of the goose frame. and... Maybe it's some in an you attic the butthole somewhere. knife and you got to cut it out, otherwise all that will make you... I'm sure the Martins know what to do with a goose carcass. No, you got to do that right away. Anyways, <laughs> she What's the takes situation? him the goose <laughs> and the drawing, and she apologizes for causing both him and her dearest friend pain. And, and she says, I didn't want her to marry. She pretty much says, I didn't want her to marry you because I didn't want to lose her. And I'm sorry. I've ruined your life. And you're a <laughs> But now I have stuff in my life so I can lose her. <laughs> well, she well, still doesn't want to lose I know, her. I know. But she's I'm recognized that that's not the most important right, thing. Right, right. <laughs> So Harriet visits Emma to share the news that she is betrothed to Mr. Martin. He asked again, and she accepted. 
But and and Emma's like, then he is a very fortunate man, and she's like, all right, we're gonna be cool. But Harry's like, no, no, there's something else. I have heard from my father now that I'm of age. He has made himself known to me. He is a tradesman from Bristol who makes galoshes. And he's coming next week to Highbury to meet me. And she thinks that Emma's going to be like, oh, you're a tradesman's daughter. <laughs> and drop her. Galoshes, she doesn't. She's like, I hope you'll bring him to Hartfield because she loves Harriet. It doesn't matter that her dad is a tradesman. And her dad's name? Nike. <laughs> they do very well in the end. They hug and all is well. Sometime later, Emma, her father, and Mr. Knightley are sitting together one evening reading, and Mr. Woodhouse senses a draft. He doesn't really, though. No. <laughs> he doesn't at all. He puts... He's a crafty old man. A draft. <laughs> he's trying to marry off his daughter because he's like, I don't want anybody to leave except for her. Yeah. No. But yep. He can He's tell there's something and she going go. on and they want some privacy. Uh-huh. She so needs to go. I want no one out of my life except for this bitch. And he has <laughs> all the screens brought round. No, no. <laughs> the super tall ones so I can't see anything. Because he can't stay in the sight of his own daughter. Oh, hush. So uh, then Mr. Knightley sits by Emma and they talk, and, and she's like, how can I leave him? And he's like, he can come with you to Donwell. And she's like, no, he can't. You know he can't. And he's like, then I'll come here. And she's like, for real? Like You would come and live in his house? <laughs> when you have your own house that you're the well, master of? I mean, of? How, how much longer is he going to be around, you know? It's like, and that's how long it'll last until yeah. he's gone. Then, then they'll you move, just to move to the back Abbey. to the other place, yeah. Um, and he's like, yes. At the I end of the day, who cares? It's one rich big house with people taking care of you. And they're only, what, house, a mile or two apart. Yeah. It's not like he can't run his estate yeah. from here. And he loves yeah. her. And yeah, he probably sacrifice. loves Mr. Woodhouse. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's over there every night. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then they start to bake out. And <laughs> she kisses him like this chaste kiss because she's obviously never kissed anybody before. <laughs> and he's like, that is not how you do it. Let me show you. But she has this look at her face like, hmm, okay. I have had my first kiss now. And he's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to their wedding. Everyone is there. I thought it was going to be a, like, you know what happens next? As if. <laughs> no, sorry. That was clueless again. And the Knightleys cry. Jesus. Yep. Both Mr. Knightley, who's getting married, and his brother, who hates being married. <laughs> and it's, that's the end. Everybody's there. That's the end. It's over. All right. All right, John, let's get this over with. Why do I got to go? <laughs> <laughs> my, le my favorite character is Mr. Knightley because he has a lot of redeeming qualities. Might even be sainthood. Why? Because he marries this evil bitch who's my least favorite character. <laughs> evil. Oh, really? <laughs> She's a so brat. She was a, she was a terrible person for an hour and 50 minutes person. of the movie. The last 10 minutes she decides, no, I'm going to be nice to a few people, and that's redeemed. I don't think so. That's a momentary lapse. This poor guy's going to have a hard life. <laughs> um, my favorite scene is the one where, I forget her name, plays the piano. Jane Fairfax. Thank you, Jane. Where Jane plays the piano, and Emma has this look like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not the dog's bollocks. And everybody's like, wow, she's so much better than you. Suck it. Um, my favorite tertiary object is the, um, the basket of mini muffins because it's mini muffins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or so you think. <laughs> In my mind, they're mini muffins and I want muffins. 
<laughs> Either that or going to be the basket of goose. So we'll go with the mini muffin. So, and mm-hmm. my uh, is that everything? What did I forget? Uh, line. Oh, my favorite line, yes, is you're going to keep it to three. Usually, uh, that that line where that's uh, the trouble. When have you ever stopped at three? Thank you, <laughs> because that was where I was like, yep, absolutely no redeeming qualities of this character. Because <laughs> I was waiting up until then to have some, and then nope, there's just not going to be time for it. And I did not like this movie. <laughs> you said highest of gays. I, think so. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. I understand that there is a genre. People love this genre, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you're into this genre, you should watch it. But people who like, um, you know, like my kind of movies, you know, entertaining, you should never watch this. It was terrible. Okay, Tony. Let's I'm sorry. It wasn't terrible. It, was, it wasn't as entertaining as Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I wanted more zombies. Which he also hated. I did also. Yes. Hate that. <laughs> yes, he did. My favorite character is Mr. Woodhouse, obviously. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't pick Mr. Woodhouse. And you picked Mr. Knightley. Well, because he was a saint. That man okay. was a saint. Come on. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying. Look, the most heartbreaking scene of the whole movie was when Harry was crying. He goes and made it all better. I'm like, that's a stand-up fellow right there. there <laughs> all right. Uh, while not as enthusiastic as John, my least favorite character is also Emma. <laughs> I didn't like her. And I don't think she was redeemed by the small things that she did at the end. Um, and my favorite scene is the one John picked, and my favorite line is the one John picked. <laughs> well, no, no, my favorite line was um, when uh, Harriet sits down, ne- or Emma sits down, and Harriet's like, you're the best piano player in all the land, and then Fairfax destroys her. I thought that, was, that, that made me laugh out loud. My favorite tertiary object is, I like Emma's carriage, the yellow with the green, like, teal, teal wheels, but, and I tried to take a picture of it, but I forgot because you came downstairs when I was watching it. If you get a chance when uh, Nighy's at the end and he's sitting on that couch and he has that big thick-ass coat that matches the couch, it's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I did notice that a couple of times. His, I was like, that, that's he's a got pimp, some outfits. It's a pimp-ass coat right there. <laughs> this is very colorful. Yeah. All right, so obviously this isn't my genre. I will maybe it. It's it's fine. And I, I didn't hate this movie, but it's, you know, it's not my thing. But I see now more why you guys I like mean, if it's stuff. on, you'll watch it, but pretty much because Carly's going to make it. It's the month. I don't make Tony watch it. <laughs> really? I often am not watching anything because I would prefer to read. But if this popped on, you'd watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but he would probably leave the room before he would sit there and watch it because that's what he does. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> she does, too. All right, what do you think, Elaine? She My, loved it. She loved it. Well, that's why I saved her for last. Oh. Because she likes it. I like yeah. to end on a positive note. My favorite, character, my favorite character is Knightley. I love him. I always prefer the hero over the heroine. Did she say Knightley? No, no. Knightley. He's great. My least favorite character is Mr. Elton. Because oh. he's a douche canoe. Yeah. And oh, he's a douche canoe. canoe. Originally, I was going to pick Mrs. Elton because she's awful, but I and like her canoe. more. I just, I kind of like her. Just, she's terrible, but I kind of like her. My favorite scene is the painting reveal. <laughs> because I think it's hilarious. That was an entertaining My favorite way. line, yeah. it's hard because I, I kind of have two. Oh, But... <laughs> I thought for most of the movie, I thought I was going to go with, I should be as ready to acknowledge his merits as the as another man, but I hear of none. <laughs> Mr. Knightley about 
Mr. Churchill. Churchill. <laughs> but then at the end, when he's professing his love to Emma, and he says, if I loved you less, then I might be able to talk about it more, mm-hmm. just melts my heart into a puddle of goo. <laughs> it's so romantic. Do you know, because you might have read the book more times than that. Is that so from long. that book? Because it's, so. it's in a lot of Pride and Prejudice stuff. So I can't remember. I want to read it. But I like just I I need to read it again, I tend and to, I want to watch some other adaptations because I really love this. One. I tend to listen to Jane Austen more than I read it now because I've read them all. Yeah, but I tend to like while I'm working on a puzzle, I'll be listening to audio. I want to read it again, just to read the lines. Because hey, who reads Pride and Prejudice? Is it Bill Nighy? Because I'll listen to that. <laughs> no, there's sure lots of different versions. Actually, the lady who plays. Jennifer Ely, who plays Lizzie in the 95 adaptation over COVID, read it. And you can get her Well, I want Bill Nighy. And then my favorite tertiary object, I'm going to go with Mr. John Knightley, the brother-in-law. Because <laughs> he's barely in the movie, and he's, but he's so put upon. And I just, his just facial expressions make me laugh. <laughs> I... I love him. <laughs> this movie is great, and I love this. I love this one very much, and I don't. It doesn't bother me that Emma is snotty. I do. I guess I know more about the character, so I know that there is more growth here than maybe is portrayed in this particular movie. Mm-hmm. But I love it, and I will gladly watch it over and over and over. And just BT Dubs, Bill Nighy has done a lot of audiobooks. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at him. A lot it's of it's British, surprising. British BBC radio stuff, but he's done a lot of them. I haven't seen any that we would know. All right, let's get it. Come on, I'm excited My about this. My favorite character is also Knightley. Actually, have you ever taken one of those "Which Austin hero would be for you"? Of course, we have. No, I almost always. <laughs> Cat got an ass. Come on. <laughs> he's so, he's so kind. And I was here's Mr. The, Wiggerspoon. Austin heroes, Mine's like Mr. of Darcy. the Austin heroes, I feel like he is the kindest. Mm-hmm. Because they often, the heroes are generally as fra- flawed as the heroines, but he just really seems... He's just a good dude. He's, He's just, just stand up. <laughs> my least favorite character is Mrs. Elton. Uh, but my favorite scene is the ball. Specifically, uh, the after-supper conversation between Emma and Mr. Knightley and their dance. Mm. My favorite line is he's in Highbury only two weeks. And Mr. Knightley says, and yet he spent a whole day going to London just to get his hair cut. 16 miles, twice over. He's a trifling silly fop. <laughs> I know, I do like when he calls him a fop. <laughs> a trifling silly one. And, I mean, I love it all, so I wrote three favorite tertiary objects. Yeah? You know, the screens. Objects. The screens, <laughs> thank God! I kept expecting John and Tony to pick the screens! Basket of muffins! Oh, Donwell, that house is insane. <laughs> I will say. Thank I wanted, God you picked the silly screen. So I did want to say this. I forgot to say it when I was doing my closing argument. Mm. Is I, I think, and maybe John will back me on this, but I think when I watch this movie, I think I get a little bit of what you were talking about with Queen of the Damned because it took me about a half an hour to get into this movie because I don't know who the hell any of these people are and they don't tell you. 
They're like, yeah. this is Mr. Wickingham, and this is George, and this is Billy Bob, and this is Fada. I'm like, I don't know who any of these and people I like, are. I, probably I don't know what any of their relationships you. are. Yeah, but I thought they I were brother and sister until they said they weren't. Clueless yeah. when you watched it, because then you would. I was waiting for one guy. I was waiting for the the freeway scene, and they didn't have a freeway scene. Here's the thing. That's why the book is always better than right, the movie. Right, right. And if you know the source material, but I'm yeah, saying you just didn't. You, were, this movie you couldn't was, care about the characters. This movie was made for people that have read the book. Yeah. yeah. Because, in the, like I said in the beginning, well, I, I was like, I don't know who any of these people this are. Genre. You know right. what? Well, I'll say this. Era right. In I, time. Yeah. I know you really like this stuff, and I'm sorry I don't love this more. I'm gonna watch it again to see if that helps. I told no. Tony it probably would help if he watched it again. At least all the stuff at the beginning would make sense. Because I really or, do think that would help because now I'll know who some of these people are and I won't be happy with the movie before I figure out right. Or a different adaptation are. might be yeah. helpful. Ooh, I'm not watching one again with Gwyneth Paltrow because I don't really like her or anything she doesn't have an Iron Man suit on. Pretty okay. Much. I'm, but, I'm, I'm on that train too. <laughs> I can't stand Gwyneth Paltrow. Here's the other thing. When we do this podcast, often it's interesting. Like I'll ask Carly... Like when we did Conan, I was like, could you follow this? Because I know all this stuff ahead of time. And we often, I often ask yeah, Carly, what did you think? Could you follow it? Did it make sense? Because stuff we've seen a million times, but, we know. Like Harley Davidson and the Marble Man. But, 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 it's, but there aren't many movies that we do that are like this deep. Like like you said, Queen of the Dam is a great example. If you don't know the relationships of all the vampires and what's going on, like this could have, this if this was for mainstream, it would have gone these are the rules of courtesy, you know, and they would have listed yeah. it. And these are the families in the tree or something. Yeah. But like, cause like I say, when every I start, time a new like, person came on, it would show you at the bottom yeah. who they were and who they were related yeah. like to. Like in, yeah. lo- in the losers where they tell you what they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or suicide squad. Yeah. All right. Um, we're already over two hours. Carly. Yeah. All right. Please find us on facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast on Instagram at movie podcast dogs on Twitter at movie podcast. You can email movie podcast at gmail.com. Wow. We'd love to hear Thanks from for you. the influx of new listeners. We had a lot of listeners in these last few weeks. All cool. right, well, th- welcome Way new friends. We um, please enjoy the journey, and don't forget to go back and listen to Harley Davidson, Love Roll Man. <laughs> All right, and tune in next week <laughs> on the podcast. Three lanes pick. So to finish Carly's birthday month celebration, I have picked 1990s <laughs> Memphis Bell. Ooh, Uh-oh. Memphis Bell. <laughs> Which I spelt totally wrong. Memphis. <laughs> Memphis. When I wrote it down. Memphis spell. She wrote Memphis Reigns because she really no, loved it. No, I left out the Stop second it. M for some reason. Mm. All right. So we'll see you then. All righty. Bye. <laughs>